Hello, Smack Addicts. Welcome to another episode of the SmackDown 6 Podcast, your weekly fix for all things SmackDown 6. Man, that is a good little tagline. Why did it take me so many episodes to get there? That's too bad. I'm your host, Matt Vaughn, and I'm still creating new things on this podcast. And folks, this week on the podcast, we're talking about the September 25th, 2003 episode of SmackDown, but I am not doing it alone. Just like I spent most of my early years of life, I had a guy with me who was there most of the time doing his own thing, doing things approximately to me. My own flesh and blood, my flesh and blood, my brother, my brother, Will Vaughn is here. Paramount's darling returns to the podcast. How you doing, Will? Fresh and brewed, rude, tood, ready to get through this interlude of speaking and on with the show. Just so you know, John Cena raps? No. Is he playing craps for show this week? All right. I got to put an end to this, Will. I'm glad you're here. Thank in Atlantic you. City, no, they, Matt, this week, Close-ish. they come they come uh, live live via tape from the city of Brotherly Shove, Philadelphia. <laughs> I wonder why the Philadelphia you... Eagles or the, or, you know, the Flyers don't use that and they're like, um, and they're marketing city of Brotherly Shove. That should be someone's, uh, that should be someone's, where they're built from, from the bro- city of Brotherly Shove. <laughs> from the city of Brotherly Shove, it's Shove. Jeff Neffens. They should have had uh, Bruce. Oh, if Bruce Pritchard wasn't on this uh, uh, SmackDown in February, his brother love. I think it was Philadelphia where he just at SummerSlam, like 88 or 89, he just had an interview with Hacksaw just in the middle of the show. I don't think he had do any that. sort of program at all. He just interviewed Hacksaw and he was being, you know, insulting to Hacksaw and Hacksaw kept insulting brotherly love, uh, brotherly love. Uh, Brother Love and people were like, "Yeah, get him!" And Brother Love would, you know, run away when the wrestler got mad enough. They would do that. This is just in the middle of the ring, yeah. Just an interview, no angle, no one runs in, nothing happens. It's just like, "You're a yeah, Brother Duggan," and Brother Doug was like, "Hey, buddy," and yeah, he would just me argue. The early years of pay per view, they're still trying to figure out what people want. Even though I don't know, it seems like all to me, it's obvious people don't want that. They would seem very clear to me that would obviously that would get people excited. They did do a lot of like um, intermissiony type things, right? Like around the intermission of the pay per view, they would have like a bunch of interviews, and then like, yeah, we're gonna take a five minute break. Uh, so then, for the people in the arena, it's like a fifteen or twenty minute break uh, for the show, and then more interviews, and then you know, on to more matches. But there are a lot more breaks in early pay per views than people realize or remember. Yeah. Right, because it it would be it, it was clean up for Coliseum video. I mean, Coliseum video, you know, they were the constraints of what you could slap on a VHS tape. True enough, right? You don't yeah. want to have that double VHS of like you know Titanic or Godfather Part Two. Well, WrestleMania Four was it WrestleMania Four double VHS? Folks, you can correct me if you want to on that, but I think they might have done it, or did they? Or maybe they stuck it all on the, every um, all the tournament matches on uh, one, one. Maybe it's the clip down tournament matches. I think possibly. <laughs> Just like, uh, yeah. You don't need to see the rest of this. <laughs> it's like this is all you need. Yeah. WrestleMania exactly. Four VHS, the Four Hour Spectacular, only thirty nine ninety five, which includes a bonus exclusive footage never before seen before. Every exciting match complete. Okay, Matt. Yeah, there we go. This is on Amazon. Forty bucks in in the eighties for VHS. Now VHSs were famously very expensive back in the day, uh, so forty bucks is probably not that expensive. But like, man, if you factor in inflation for that. It's oh, okay. You know what? I'm looking at I'm looking at a VHS of it in one of those yeah. like, really old VHS like clamshells where they did yeah, like yeah, yeah. a cut box, right? And it says part one on this uh, 
on this particular one. So I guess it was a two-parter, and I guess you needed two tapes. I'm not seeing a lot of two tapes. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, I see two tapes. Yeah, part one, part two. There we go. I am right. I'll, I'll let you take a long walk to tell me I'm right anytime you want. I'm down with that. Thanks <laughs> for me. Well, you're That's confirmed. Good. Now you can hit head to pillow tonight. I feel good. Now, hey, well, here's something I'm thinking about, because we're talking about the September 23rd, 2003 episode of SmackDown. It aired... Uh, sorry, I said 23rd. It's 25th, if I didn't. They're taped on the 23rd. Aired on the 25th. It was at the Wachovia Center in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You got a TV rating of 3.1. And, Will, are we seeing the embryonic stage of the big Eddie Guerrero push? Sure. Yeah. This, this fella has got two matches this night. He's got two belts. He's got one belt on each shoulder. Uh, and uh, I think you're right. It's weird, right? Because he was like a baby face in the spring-ish, and then he became a heel in like the summer, and then he's now he's becoming baby face again. He fully he he completely had a, a full character change twice over in Chavo's absence. Uh, Chavo Chavo goes injured, he would turn face. He fully turned heel. He fully turned face all over again. Mm-hmm. So he's he's done it all there. But it's just it, I'm just seeing a guy in this show where I'm like, wow, this is a guy. They believe in this guy. And what you know, one of a, a very elemental um, way of thinking about wrestling push is just like, here are guys they believe in. Here's a guy they say, hey, you can kind of carry the strap. You can do it. Uh, I, I think that's kind of maybe a bit more of a retro way of thinking about it just because I feel like wrestling's evolved in such a way where it's like, you know, it's it, it's it's almost like more diversified where it's like, here's the guy. We trust you to carry the program. But also there's another champion on the show and there's also a women's champion. And there's everybody else. And we've got a couple of uh, big time, uh, big time part timers that can come through. And I'm not saying it's worse. I'm saying it's different to come. Yeah, exactly. At, you know, like giving this year's WrestleMania card that we just watched. Like, Matt? It's not that crazy to be yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's not that crazy to think that like one year WrestleMania be headlined by like Logan Paul versus Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny, who's in Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. I was happy to see that. I was like, oh, WWE superstar Bad Bunny is uh, <laughs> one of those dummies who has no, no, I have no context of anything else. It's like, here's a rapper, but all I know he's on, he's in Bullet Train with Brad Pitt. Looking forward to seeing it. I might have seen it at this point, depending on when it came out. But is it a big role? Uh, if you see the trailer for Bullet Train, Bad Bunny uh, features prominently in it. He's got a great look. I mean, that's part of the whole thing. Francis Ngannou and like, um, or Cardi B in Fast Nine. Uh, which no. has just little cameos. Cardi B, of course, leads like a SWAT team or something and gets information. <laughs> Really? Okay. I want to do and then Francis Agano is just like a silent, you know, heavy on one of the. You want to hire the MMA fighter to do like the punching stuff, right? Which is what yeah. he does uh, in that movie and in Jackass Forever. Um, and you can just imagine uh, what it is he is punching. That film. Yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, gosh. Like, That's right. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're seeing the beginning of Eddie Guerrero here, and uh, like his real his real like I think he's been he's been liked up to this point, and I think that you know if you were to ask like Eddie, um. Paul Heyman, back in the the previous fall, who are guys you believe in? I mean, it's clear it's the guys who are in the SmackDown Six, the guys who are uh, the named the show is named for. Uh, but here's where you're seeing kind of Eddie Guerrero have full faith in him, saying you're carrying the show in a couple different ways. You're getting multiple segments, and uh, they're in their prominent segments too. Because sometimes you get multiple segments, and it's like I don't know, it's like Matt Hardy, you know, pushes a guy backstage and they have a match. It doesn't really count as I would say multiple segments the same way, right? But uh, yeah, so let's talk about last week's episode before we get to the Eddie Guerrero show here on last week's episode of SmackDown. Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar fought in an Iron Man match. Brock ended up on top five to four, and he won the WWE Championship due to title change on SmackDown. Uh, also, Shadiqua beat up some ladies, and Los Guerreros upended the world's greatest tag team to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. It was a good episode. It was a couple title changes. It was a big, honking episode of SmackDown. I would argue, in some ways, it was a uh, yeah. I would say it was 
uh, kind of a, a version of the uh, an early pay per view, like a, like a pay per view for SmackDown. I would say in, in a time where they don't have a September pay per view, this kind of replaced it. It totally was. It was like a wrestling heavy show. It was wall to wall with matches, and it had a mega mega main event. It had Vince McMahon before the intro. You know, first time in broadcast television, two wrestlers will punch themselves to the limit. Yeah, he fully not being a heel, just being promoter Vince for a moment. He gets interrupted, but still, it's still wild to see. Uh, Will, I'm just going to pull back the curtain real quick to just confirm. You are recording your side, right? Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'll do some jujitsu later on. I'd love to see it. Um, maybe this will be on the show. Maybe it won't. But uh, Will's great, and I. it's my job to remind him. And I've, I did not do I did not do my part of the bargain. That's on me. I did some major traveling recently. I'm still way on the other side of the world. You know, this three-hour time difference is uh, killing me. It's true. Will's a more cultured man now. Uh, he went to well. You got to you you went to go visit your your good but your good Paramount buddy uh, Colbert. I saw him. Yeah, he he shouted me out big time. I yeah. thought it was really nice. You know, we're all big uh, Paramount fans. So I'm yeah. an acting coach uh, who stars in uh, Picard. Um, and uh, it was nice. It was a good time. Is that true? Your casting coach does start. He start no. He okay. Uh, just, just a quick story. He, his yes. friend is like a makeup artist, and uh, but he's like an old school make. This guy's like eighty or ninety years old. He Sweet. designs and builds makeup trailers for sets, and he sells them or rents them to productions. And he was an old school makeup artist from back in the day, and he wanted my the my acting coach. Uh, his name's Jeff Seymour to come and um, be on the show, and he would do him up in the alien, like an alien thing, right? Like one of those Star nice. Trek aliens, you know. And so he was in the uh, the alien gack all day, uh, <laughs> almost suffocating and sweating to death in the alien gack. But he was there, and uh, he just kind of sat around. And uh, there was Whoopi Goldberg, who's everyone's favorite person now, and um, Patrick <laughs> Stewart, uh, you know, doing their uh, scene and. Uh, Jeff revealed that Patrick Stewart actually has a stand-in that looks and sounds exactly like him. And I'll read the other side of the thing. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, Paramount, yeah, it's good stuff until the next company hires me. And I'll say, you know what? That, uh, you know. You're, you're more of an A24 guy. A, H, yeah, A24 for sure. Be great. Yeah. Um, I was going to joke about, like, seeing you get murdered on camera, but I've actually seen that a few times. <laughs> It, ha- it ha- listen, day players in in uh, TV Vancouver, especially they get killed a lot. What can they say? It's a, that's why it's a day player, baby. It's a dark thought, but I have seen see... my brother get killed on camera multiple you times. See Actually, at the time of the always funny. Right now, literally outside my house, like I can see it. Like if I have the window up, I can hear them call like background and action because uh, they're filming the Netflix show The Night Agent right outside our place. They've built a shanty town uh, right next to our apartment. Like that does not sound bridge. like a, you live in a great part of. Uh, it doesn't, like... but it's. I think that's that's the reason they had to build it because it's right. not a terrible part of town. Uh, they're not using a real shanty town. They use a, of course, a fake shanty town. I think they're using my hotel or hotel, my apartment lobby as well. They put up like fake notices and fake art, and you know, it's TV, folks. Everything is fake. AF. The only thing that's real <laughs> is what we're talking about right now, which is SmackDown, WWE wrestling, as real as it gets. Absolutely. People were smacking each other for real in front of each other. It's it's fantastic. So that's good. <laughs> that's good. Let's talk about, yeah, so that was last week's show, what I talked about four minutes ago. Uh, and let's talk about what happened on Velocity. It's episode 71 of Velocity. And first, there were some dark matches here. Travis Bain defeated Joey Matthews. Oh, uh, just so that's, okay. that's Tyson Tomko and Joey Mercury, respectively. 
Matthew Matthew Bain, his name is? Travis Bain. Travis kind of, Bain. He's, he's, right he's a mix he of a, a guy from uh, Blink-182 and a Batman villain. Right before he blew up, he went to Western Pennsylvania and blew up Heinz Field right after right. Uh, doing this match. So Tom Co is Travis Bain. Yeah. And Joey hey, Murphy. Batman. <laughs> Where are you? Is that Travis? No, Travis. Barker. I don't think it is. Travis Barker is the drummer. That's Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Sorry, apologies to uh, Tom DeLong, right? Tom Long and uh, Tom DeLong, the guy's name in that band. You did Angels and Airways. Anyway, yeah, good um, guys, good guys. Yeah, uh, yeah, and what was Mercury's name? Joey Matthews. He's, I mean, Joey. He actually Matthews shows up again. Right, okay. well, he shows up again. That's the fun thing about this. In this show? Yeah, I'll show you. I'll tell you. But well, just in, on Velocity. Let's get to Velocity. Oh, on Velocity. Sorry. Okay, let's continue, please. I insist. I was gonna call Billy Kidman William Kidman, but then I realized it makes it sound too much like William Friedkin. <laughs> I thought it was confusing. But the director of the French uh, Connection and the Exorcist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And William Friedkin hit the shooting star press on Nunzio and pinned him for the win. I like to see it. I'll be honest with you. Have you ever seen Warlock? I gotta see that movie. I got it. Yeah. Do you mean Sorcerer? Yeah, Sorcerer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> That's 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 Billy that's Billy uh, Billy Bakeskin did did Warlock. It's about a guy who used to transport a dynamite with uh, with a toy truck. Oh man! Uh, it's a wrestling podcast, folks. That's why you don't. That's not a movie podcast with with, with us. And uh, that's right. Is what you get. Uh, but uh, we're happy you're here, folks. Please. Yeah. We, wel- we welcome your comments also. That's right. Uh, also on Velocity, Sean O'Hare dropped crowbar with the Widowmaker to pick up the one two three. Is Crowbar related to Horseshoe? Where's Horseshoe been anyway? I'd love to know. You would think that he would get him out of some jams, you would think. Crowbar you think could. Uh, he'd help hor- – or he'd be like a Horseshoe's worst enemy because that's how you get the Ooh. the shoe off the horse, isn't it? Crowbar. How great would it be if there's a guy – if Horseshoe had like this guy who like showed up once and they're like, it's Horsefoot! <laughs> it's it's like, him! They're like, oh, they go together. He's like Kane. He's like, you're supposed to be dead! Yeah, exactly. Uh, Crowbar has the distinction of having wrestled in WWF, WWE – WCW, ECW, NWA, TNA, Ring of Honor, and AEW. That's actually pretty wild. Has he been crowbar throughout? Yep, pretty much. What's he's his win-loss stuff, but... record in AEW? i got to look this up. <laughs> he's 10-0. He's, he's challenging for the he's 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 title tonight. Yeah. I think he's going to win it. That's what Adam Page's whole reign has been moving towards. <laughs> I really hope spoiler he's still shaving for, by the time uh, out. Spoiler alert for Revolution, which happened weeks after this. Uh, oh, this is Crowbar. Look at this. Look, weeks before. Look at this fella. Oh, he's got a cool tattoo around his neck. Yeah, Crowbar. Um, here's, here's, I was like, the, I, here's a I picture of Crowbar. Out, yeah, his Titantron has duct tape with Crowbar written on it in permanent marker. It's Okay, so this is the video be behind him. This is the video behind him. I don't know why. Is that his tattoo is brutal? By the way, it looks like a rosary around his neck, but it's like all tribal. It's bad. Wow, <laughs> what a look! I Love found out because in my mind I was like, okay, crowbar was he a WCW or an ECW guy? And I was like, oh, he was both. And then I kept going with it. And he's I found he's it all there, these so. things. He's all these things. He did it all. Oh, he lost to Joey Janela. How did he? Oh, cameo appearance by the Blue Meanie. Okay. Oh, and they gave us shoot promo afterwards. That's funny. Oh, I'm looking at his tattoo, Will. Folks, yeah, look up Crowbar Wrestler and look at his tattoo here. Um, something else. Yeah. Man. What are we doing? What are we it's doing, Crowbar? Okay. So he's 0-1 he's in AEW. Okay, well. I mean, he just had a, he had a birthday last month, March 4th. Good for him. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Crowbar. Crowbar. This one goes out to you. Episode to title. You. This is episode titled, Happy Birthday, Crowbar. Yeah, so he lost on Velocity. He lost on Dark Elevation or uh, Light, uh, AEW. Show they're one doing of those. A, they're, yeah. they're doing one on Vimeo now, uh, where they have uh, 
Have people highlight there. Uh, and then and also Velocity, Funaki and Ultimo Dragon defeated Jason Picaro and Joey Matthews again, who's doing double duty here. Uh, Ultimo Dragon dropped Jason with a flipping reverse DDT. Uh, and there was also a sizable Japanese contingent behind the commentators, and the good guys came over to shake their hands afterward. I was watching Velocity and was like, huh, who are these guys? And, and when I watched they SmackDown, make... I found out who it was. Yeah, and they... T- they tell we'll you who they it. are after a match they should have had something to do with, or, or at least cut to them before the match or something. But yeah. I guess I don't know. The individual I don't know. They must be a, heel. Are they a major broadcast partner for them in Japan? I don't know. If they're going to bring them up on television, I guess so. There's two weird things that they bring up. One is this, and the other is this uh, thing they do with Russell Simmons uh, that we'll see uh, uh, later on in the right. show. But like, it's odd that before they don't talk, they don't say who the Fuji TV people are before the Tajiri match. Like they say right. afterwards. But I guess the Tajiri right. won't go over. He's a heel. He missed them, but they're but they're like, yes, <laughs> doesn't affect. We us. like this. We like. It's my countryman. Uh, <laughs> That's great. The main event of Velocity had Rhino goring the heck out of Orlando Jordan, who flipped onto his head, pretty much. Oof. Uh, and Rhino got the one, two, three. But it's just one of those things where, like, you're like, that looks great. And then I'm like, is the referee um, just kind of back out the storyline here? Is Orlando Jordan okay? Because he really uh, he really did, flipped over for the show here. A lot of bad bumps lately on uh, on television. Yeah. And by including... lately, do you mean 19 years ago? I mean, okay, so when I say, yeah, okay, we do go back and forth. You've I mean, seen lately, stuff. That's true. In 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 the in the parlance of the the purview of the show, right? Lately in your life watching wrestling, there lately been in rough like times. if this all folks put on their our time turners and pretend we're at September twenty fifth or twenty third, two thousand three. Yeah, time to be alive the day before my nineteenth birthday. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We'll we'll watch this. And then uh, an hour or two later, he went and snuck a a legal drink from uh, from the liquor cabinet upstairs. I'm sure. I took a Sleeman's Honey Brown, <laughs> and I didn't like it because I didn't yeah. like beer for years. I was like, Mark's yeah. Mike's hard lemonade. That's that's a drink right there. No friend. shame, no shame in that. I think that's important for folks to know that. Yeah, drink uh, whatever you want, folks, for real. Yeah. Exactly. Also, I was going to say about uh, people taking bad bumps in 2003 and currently. Uh, they're both. They're all Matt Hardy. Interestingly, Matt Hardy's the one Ooh. who's doing bumps. <laughs> well, shaking his head because I'm I'm, tr- I'm, I'm correct, <laughs> and it's, it's sad to think about. Uh, it's always funny though. Thinking like whenever I see him do botches now, Matt Hardy. Respect and respect to Matt Hardy. He's obviously he's done a lot of wrestling. Um, but I remember also the times that we on this show have talked about like oh, Matt Hardy's. Too, it's kind of awkward here. There's some some stuff here where it's like. He's not. It's not flowing well in the ring, and it's leading to some awkward stuff. And I'm like, I mean, it's kind of calling it like I sees it. I don't think he was genetically predisposed to be an athlete or a physical competitor in any way. And you know, it's absurd. But it's. I think you're probably right. God love him for sticking with it, being as successful as he is. He's come, come and gone, and had so many different iterations of his characters. He's been tremendous. He has a hell of a career. I'm glad he's happy right now. I think. And. Um, you know, we, we, we love him over here at the SmackDown 6 podcast. All that to say, yeah, sometimes he falls down in awkward and, 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 and painful ways, especially in, like, for a guy who's been in matches with tables, ladders, chairs, oh, my, you know, innovating on that um, stuff in WWE. You know, you Will, you did come dangerously close to uh, quoting Bret Hart when he was talking about El Dandy. Uh, oh, okay. How he respects El Dandy. He's a, he's a jam-up guy, I believe is what he says there. Um, so just – who are, in, guy. Back when it, when Bret Hart asked the important question of who are you to to, to doubt El Dandy, uh, and so that's important. Um, yeah, what is this I, a reference to? Are you not familiar with the clip I'm referring to right now? 
El Dan No, I don't think so. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I want to send you this now. There's a classic bit from WCW where Bret Hart as a heel is like, look, I'm gonna take on anybody I want to uh, in the locker room. And uh, he's ta- he's he's talking with me and Gene Okerland, and he's like he starts off I forget who he's <laughs> he's essentially being like, I'll take on anybody, and he just starts naming cruiserweights. And unfortunately, uh, me and Gene Okerlund is like, he's like, those are those are cruiserweights, Bret Hart. Like, you can't t- be seriously. He's like, and Bret's like, I'll take on, I don't know, hypnosis. He's like, psychosis? Anyway, it's just, it's very satisfying. <laughs> and Bret Hart does this whole thing where he leads up to, he's like, I want to face this guy. I think he's a jam-up wrestler. I think he's a serious competitor. El Dandy, you've been ducking me. And El Dandy's just like, he's like a, a complete non-entity. It's just one of the greatest. Uh, one of the greatest Maybe I have seen this. Television. Oh, it's the best. Man. Who are you to doubt El Dandy? Truly is the question. <laughs> so, Will, let's talk about SmackDown now that we're Please. not doubting El Dandy. Uh, and we begin this episode of SmackDown before Will turns 19 back in 2003. So now you can figure out exactly how old Will is now. We begin with the I Want It All rap <laughs> intro. No cold open this week. And then the pyro explodes around the SmackDown fist, and we're live to tape in the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Our commentators, Michael Cole and Taz. I have a good last name for Taz. Taz Phillips, tell us. We've got three title matches tonight. Ray versus Tajiri for the Cruiserweight Championship. Los Guerreros versus the aforementioned Matt Hardy and Shannon Moore for the WWE Tag Team Championship. And Eddie Guerrero. Hold on. I'm rubbing my eyes here. I'm seeing double four Eddie Guerrero four matches. Four Eddie Guerreros. Yep. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero <laughs> will also defend his United States Championship against Charlie Haas. Uh, and it's great because Eddie Guerrero has a, a special double title motion graphic. You know, at the time, guys, there's these wonderful motion graphics where it's like it's an animated GIF that eventually stops and it's like a picture. These are for the photo. You, you, you've seen it if you watch this, these shows. So Eddie has a special double title motion graphic with him holding both of his belts, which rules. They did it recently. Uh, and by the way, and recently I mean 2021-22. They did yes, it uh, WrestleMania uh, 37. They did motion graphics, which were really funny. I got to bring him back. Just do Drew, it. Drew McIntyre doing the counting the Claymore and his motion graphic. Yeah, Drew McIntyre's was like was was a step beyond uh, like kind of funny. Went fully to this like this guy's having maybe too good a time doing this. Uh, but but all credit to him. I thought it was a lot of fun. I gotta say, I do like if you have a double championship uh, that you have to defend both on, on one night. Now, I think it, it makes sense for it to be like a pay per view or something like that. But uh, I think you have to defend both. And you have to treat you have to be treated like you're two wrestlers, really. I mean, you should it should be working twice as hard if you have two belts for sure. Also, it'd be kind of cool, and uh, you know, this is kind of pointless to rebook it now, but it'd kind of be cool if Eddie was like, there's like a storyline where Eddie is like kind of forcing Chavo to carry more of his own weight in the tag matches, where Eddie's like, I gotta stay fresher from a match later, and Chavo's like, don't hang me out to dry home, so we won't have the we won't have the belts for long if you do that. That might te- like, that oh. might te- yeah, that might tease a, a a turn or something though too if there's like any sort of animosity between them. Well, so maybe that well, there he bookers. I know Tony, Vince. I know you both listen to this show. That's Tony a free Vince. one for you. Yeah, there you go. Tony. You can have it. Yeah. Tony, you can you can do it in, in AEW or Ring of Honor, whatever you want to do. You can you can dealer's choice now for you, buddy. Godspeed. There is a real uh, Tony uh, Khan moment in this show where the announcers Ooh. talk about the ratings. Um, <laughs> no, they, right? They talk about being number one on, on yes, UPN, number one yes, in the do. certain, and they mention the demographic too. The they demo do. It's, god. It, it's really just missing. Test. It's missing uh, uh, being a tweet. Uh, and talking about uh, not rehiring somebody because they weren't good enough, and then and then and then uh, and then promoing Rampage. <laughs> Should get a real kick out of that. Who was oh the, man! Oh heck! No, no. I'll, we'll talk about that later. Who cares? When you said there was a real Tony Khan moment, I was like, when did some uh, when did some five five guy do a bunch of cocaine and show up on camera? I don't remember that. <laughs> we get a close up 
of the WWE World Championship sitting on a stand with crushed oh, red yeah. velvet around it in the middle of the mm. ring. Delicious. And we're told Brock Lesnar will be presented with a title. And no sooner do we hear that, do we also hear Vince McMahon's mm. music. So Vinnie my Mac, first yeah. question was, why doesn't Brock already have the title? These these championship presentations don't make a ton of sense to me if you're Completely not arbitrary. a belt design. But I guess it is also to be like, you know, we hate Vince McMahon. We hate Brock Lesnar. Vince loves Brock. Boo them all, you know? Yeah, yeah, this, it, it's true. There is no new belt design or anything like that. Um, they could probably get away with it now if they were like, we want to do a uh, a presentation with the with the new side plates. That could be a thing you could do now, um, yeah. Yeah, conceivably. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's no real reason for doing it here besides giving us a really good close up image of the WWE Championship, which is which is showing it's it being worn a little bit. It's interesting. Like you can see some of the the paint on it has faded a little bit there. Uh, the, uh, the, the still the font they use for the uh, title plate, the nameplate on the title belt, I think is kind of curious. Yeah, uh, and the, like the, the plate itself looks like they didn't polish it before, like they they went on the air. It, it looks yeah, it's weird. not as shiny as I've seen. But it does say Brock Lesnar, so power mm-hmm. to them for changing it seven days after a uh, Iron Man match. Good for them. It'd be kind of nice if it still said Big Show on it. You know what I mean? Just for good time, <laughs> time's sake. It says Hulk Hogan. I think it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Ken Patera. Uh, <laughs> and so Vince McMahon walks down to his music with Sable. And they get in the ring. The ring's got red carpet on it. And Vince grabs the mic, and he talks up Brock Lesnar since he won the 60-minute Iron Man match last week. And he's about to bring Brock out. We hear a different song. It's Kurt Angle's music. Oh, wow. And Kurt walks down. He looks unimpressed. He has like, a new T-shirt, Freedom of Choice. He, he, uh, <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah. Um, I gotta say, uh, Kurt is mad, but he lost last week. I don't know what to tell you. He just lost in a pretty objective way. Uh, you were down five two at one point, Kurt, during that. So it makes sense you lost. All right. Brock kind um, of outsmarted him, eh? With the chair shot at the beginning. Yeah. You know, yeah Strategy wise, okay. he had him licked. Yeah. Um, so yes, Kurt has a blue T-shirt on it that on the front has an American flag on it. It says "Freedom of Choice." And on the back, it says "Tap Out or Angle Slam." I was like, that's a pretty political ch- and cheeky shirt. I don't know if they would do that today. No, they wouldn't. Hey, it's a politically charged episode, Matt. You know, they they they're smacking down their uh, their vote later on. Uh, it is better than the uh, "you suck" over the American flag. <laughs> what a strange choice. This is one of those ones where, like, I'd be curious to see how many times this freedom of choice shirt shows up on TV because I don't, I can't imagine this lasted very long. Like, I feel like that might be like a rare example of a T-shirt. I think they'll do like a you know pregnancy angle and have Don Marie come out with the freedom of choice. You know. Like how? Like are they? Do they do around a circuit of house shows in the South where they were selling American a blue American flag T-shirt that said "Freedom of Choice" on it? Like that would be you could do that if you had like a like if you want to do a real political angle kind of a la Heart Foundation. Just I was gonna say this like, is Heart Foundation '97 all over again. Kurt Angle. I would love it honestly. Like I I recently noticed that uh, in pop culture, especially movies, that uh, AOC like characters have started to populate very quickly, and I find that very funny. They have they like to shows and movies like to have a very uh, forthright, progressive, uh, strong-willed, often a woman of color uh, in things like that. It's not a spoiler to say there's one in, in the most recent Batman movie. There was one in the first season of Space Force as well. That one was, like, incredibly overt. But it's very funny to see her pop up like that. I think it would be funny if they did that uh, in some way <laughs> in women's wrestling now. So just like some very like uh, just get up, do a promo, bug everybody, talk about the how we should you know fix tr- teach critical race theory or something. Well, that's what Ivory, about that. It's kind of like what Ivory did. I mean, you know, not really, but kind of what Ivory did at Royal Rumble this year. You know, talking about uh, everybody just 
different different uh, issues, but kind of the same kind of character. It's like you yeah. women are doing it all wrong. Ivory, who was straight up sixty when she was in the Royal Rumble this past year, which is pretty insane, and kept healing it up even at the in the backstage interview. She wasn't like, "Oh, it was such an honor to be back out there." She's like, "These women are pathetic." That's amazing. She Fully rules. amazing. She rules. So Kurt, Ang- so Kurt Angle is a T-shirt you won't find on eBay unless you do. I'd love for you to tell me about that. Wrestling for Sale probably has it at some point. That's right. The great great Instagram page. Yeah. Vince McMahon guesses that Kurt wants to complain about Brock cheating. Or that he wants a, uh, a match with Brock tonight. And Kurt just kind of stands there staring at Vince. And Vince says that Kurt needs to work his way from the bottom back up. He wants a title shot. Kind of got up that ranking, I guess. That's the thing, right? He's going to start putting some wind. Got to go on velocity, win a match every week against some jobber. See you I love these convenient <laughs> rematch clauses that do or don't exist. And, uh, you know, Vince could do anything. He's like, I'm Vince McMahon. Damn it, I do what I want. But, like, all right, no rematch clause, sure. And not only is there no rematch clause, but you have to start. So I would like it, Matt. If they're like, you have to start at the bottom of the ladder. Okay. Next week, Kurt Angle in the dark match in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The week after, he's going to open Velocity, you know, climb up the Velocity. It's like a creator wrestler in, like, 2K or something where you got to like, yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, You know, he's got to be on, like, main event and be like, oh, you got to win your match on main event. You and, know what? Uh, you gotta Honestly, run. How good would it be though if you were like you gotta be you gotta work your way up velocity so you open velocity one week you main event velocity the next week you open SmackDown one week and then you main event SmackDown the next week you have four weeks yeah. and if you like show if you show on the velocity like hey last match. week he was on velocity last week he was doing it he's working his way out he's actually going out and doing it and that could be Kurt great. Angle is is uh, he's uh, he's wrangling cable ringside Kurt Angle <laughs> is not in the match tonight Kurt Angle. Uh, Mr. McMahon, I got your coffee. Yeah, give me that damn coffee. He's got like you know, he's he's wearing he's a PA. He's wearing a he's wearing a reflective vest. He's making sure people don't go. Sorry, you can't go through this door. You got to go around unless you got a pass. I'm just checking the passes. I'm sorry. You can't. Yeah, you know, he's, he's just that that that's his job. He's driving the trucks. You know. Yeah, he, he, drew, just goes he drove and gets... a milk truck. He can do it, right? Do you need the same license? Is that a class? What is that? Class eight? Our beloved yeah. truckers, by the way, who we all love. Most yeah. of them, I will say. <laughs> Oh gosh! Topical. I mean, things have cooled down. Things have cooled down. <laughs> oh, not yesterday, it. Matt. It was crazy. Was, oh, what are we doing? <laughs> so, uh, yes, Kurt. Then, sorry, Vince. Then guesses. Kurt wants to present the title to Brock himself he before guesses. Kurt finally shuts him up and snags the mic. So Vince is just standing there, being like, "Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do this?" Kurt says nothing. It's pretty. He funny. snags the mic. He says he's here to kick Brock's, Brock's ass. Actually, yeah. And Kurt says he'll either beat Brock in the ring or in the back, and that leads to. John Cena's Brock's, music playing. Oh, Brock Cena comes out. Brock Cena. John Cena comes out. He's wearing a retro pistol Pete Maravich Atlanta Hawks jersey. It is bright green. It's quite the look. It looks really cool, although it looks like something the Seattle Sounders are wearing, uh, the uh, MLS, or the Seahawks. It was very Seattle uh, colors to me. Yes. I don't think, and I think that specific bright green version of that jersey was not the common version of it. I think they usually, they flipped, like, the blue, like, the, that green was an accent color. I looked into it. When you wear a jersey that's specific, <laughs> research, you look folks. into it. Yeah, we do our own research it. here. Hey, I got Pistol Pete Maravich right. All right, give me the credit for that. I'm not exactly uh, usually a fountain of knowledge for 1970s NBA players. The the listeners are are overjoyed. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm happy, guys. So you can stop jumping up and down. It's going to affect how you hear the podcast. So uh, you can stop now. So John, John Cena comes out. He goes to the ring and he raps. Wait, wait, Will. Do you have the rap? I he, didn't because oh, he like raps for like two seconds. But let he me does see rap if, for two seconds. Let me see if it's here. Angel He's Fire. He's got a database, folks. September uh, nine twenty five. <laughs> Yo, would you quit your bitching? You turned into a a whiner. 
Last week you lost your title. Now you got a vagina. That's the entire rap. That's it. Uh, back in 2003, of course, you could call somebody weak by just saying they are a woman. Uh, not doesn't fly now. Not really acceptable. And you know what? I'm going to throw about the curtain a little bit here. We're recording this on International Women's Day. So I feel especially <laughs> yes. like I need to point yes. that out, that that is not something that you that flies now. This is a great episode for women, by the way. It, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's true. We're going to get to it. It's going to be good. Uh, Kurt interrupts John Cena, just beats on him. He throws him out of the ring, which is hilarious. Just this notion of just like John Cena comes in, is a punk, gets beat up, and then tossed out. I think wrestling, throwing a guy out of the ring in wrestling is a very satisfying thing because you can often th- throw a guy with such force and with such velocity that oh. it just looks very fun. Or you do like the, the hold him, hold him on the back of the head and like he goes to throw you out, but then you like spin reverse and toss him out and like yeah. they do the cartwheel out and that's always a lot of fun. They like fall on their butt and the camera gets in their face and they're like what. Yeah. It's, oh my it's what just happened? <laughs> There's at least one time tonight where Michael Cole is like shocked by the events or something, and I'm like, like we can figure this out, Michael. I think we he don't says to... it twice. I think he says SmackDown is spinning out of control or something. But he's not like <laughs> super excited about it. He's just like, We're back in Philadelphia and SmackDown is spinning out of control. Like he's just like yeah, saying I... it. There's been times where Michael Cole has done a good job of being like, things are off the rails. And he is like there's times where he's very surprised by it. There's times where he's just kinda like he's like what he's one time on? he he once invoked uh, if there was a full moon, which I appreciate. Just this idea, he's like, people are people are out of their minds tonight. It's like, I mean, you were just this is wrestling. You a little on bit, a wrestling right? program. What do you expect? Yeah. What do you expect? People Usually, to be people like, are respectful and they shake hands before the match and they help each other up. And just uh, you know, it's it's so much easier than this. And this week, I don't know, I don't know what's going on, but it's uh, people are acting. They're wiling out, Matt. They are wiling. They're wiling out. out. They're wiling. They're wiling. It's true. Uh, and so Kurt says he's going to go, go out and find Brock Lesnar. So he leaves the ring, and we follow Kurt Angle to the back. Kurt is looking through every locker room for Brock. Then he has a moment where he, like, stands still, and he looks down the hallway, and I believe we follow his gaze, and we find our locker room that has a big Brock Lesnar <laughs> sign on the door. It was, it was very Spielberg. They should have done the Spielberg shot where someone just kind of, like, looks, like, off camera at something, and it's, like, real yeah. close. Maybe a little lens flare in there. Would look perfect. Yeah, exactly. That's where you lean over to your girlfriend and say, that's Brock Lesnar's room. <laughs> and so Kurt, Kurt runs down the hallway. He goes in. Brock Lesnar is not there. And so ah. Kurt just throws Brock's bag around and leaves. Rude, by the way. Rude. Don't touch the guy's stuff. It Come is. On. I know. But then suddenly, John Cena jumps Kurt Angle. He attacks him. We like take a two commercial seconds. break. Everything they do is so quick. Like, John Cena does a two-second rap. Kurt Angle, like, tussles with him for two seconds and throws him out. The funny thing is he throws him out of the ring, and John Cena just kind of, like, walks away, and he's just like, ugh. And then Kurt Angle's like, I'm going to come back there and get Brock Lesnar. I'm like, can John just, like, wait around the corner at Gorilla and, like, clothesline Kurt Angle then? And yeah. he doesn't, but he ends up doing that. And he beats up Kurt for two seconds, says, you can't see me, and then he runs away. He runs away. We take a commercial break. When we come back, we see that John Cena ran through the parking lot, rolling over the hood of a car, unnecessarily rolling, which I appreciated. It's nice. Uh, and he took a car and drove off. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was his own car if we committed Grand Theft Auto, like Triple H in Halifax back in May. Well, there's some more commandeering coming up. Kurt Angle, Will Eludes, <laughs> he's following closely behind. He asks a, a limo driver where John Cena was, and the driver said he went that away, man. And Kurt <laughs> threatens him and forces him to follow John Cena despite being Vince's driver. So Vince does not have a limo. Vince doesn't, even, not he doesn't even comment on this. If, why is it not Rufus? Remember Rufus from the I Mr. America Rufus, yeah. lie detector mm-hmm. test? Rufus had to deal with Mr. McMahon doing some things in the backseat of that limo <laughs> that week. It's not Rufus anymore. It's a new fella. Uh, I mean, so. that, Will, I think what you were refer- referencing, 
actually explains a lot. I think Rufus probably tendered his resignation shortly yeah, after that I night. Can't. He was I like, can't. you know what? I, I had my suspicions, but I didn't know about it. And then you went on SmackDown and removed all doubt. So I think I'm going to I'm gonna call it quits here, Vince. I can't deal with this jerk. And Mr. McMahon's awful as well. <laughs> Next up, Los Guerreros <laughs> defending their WWE Tag Team titles against Matt Hardy and Shannon Moore. Uh, I don't know. What that? Team Attitude? Yeah, I mean, like, team, you know, Naga, Naga, not going to win this match. Like, what's yeah. the point? We see a clip of Los Guerreros beating the world's greatest tag team last week for the titles, and they, including Oof. the botched move where Los Guerreros smashed Charlie Haas with a flapjack, but he thinks it's a back body drop, and they hold onto his legs, and he doesn't flip over, but he kind of flips over, and he just gets his ass rocked. Oh, he's okay. man. I, I mean, I, they try <laughs> to turn it into an angle, I guess, to have Charlie. It's like, hey, you took a nasty bump the week before. Guess what? U.S. title shot the week after. Congratulations. Welcome to wrestling. Because that, yeah. uh, that was nasty. And he was, like, still in the match. There's so much, like, a guy getting knocked out or, like, that they're just like, get him out of there. It's a tag match. Head Steph Shelton do all this stuff. Call it on the I fly. think, but I th- as I recall from the week before, I think if that happens, and pretty shortly afterwards, he eats the pin. Okay. Yeah, so I don't think I don't think it's that I don't think it's that involved. That well, eats a pin, eats a frog splash in a pin. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, he's, but he's out. It's the awkward thing of like the guy's like trying to get up because that's his instinct to do it, and it's like, oh no, this man yeah. is not his head is yeah. not well. And you can see when Eddie is pinning him, he's cradling his head and like talking to him at the same he's time. Probably being to like, him, yes. thank you, thank you for letting me pin you. I hope you're okay. Godspeed. I'll see you back there. Oh man, yeah. Sorry, was, we got uh, you killed. An awkward bit of business. And so um, Matt Hardy comes out with Shannon Moore. He's got his Matt facts here. Matt fact. No, he's got two. Oh, he's got two? Why did I miss? You, okay. you missed it. Well, okay. First one was Matt has wrestled with strep throat. Which is the healiest thing you can do nowadays. <laughs> In it's 2022, true. like to come into work sick and uh, do a competitive sport around them, the the absolute most heelish thing you can possibly think yeah. of. Yeah. You right? might as well wave a loaded gun around. <laughs> you might as well do. You might as well just do uh, Steve Austin with uh, Brian Pillman. Brian Pillman. Bang through. Uh, second, Matt Fat. Matt hates taking medicine, so I assume Matt Hardy is sick. Oh man, so he's an anti-vaxxer too. This guy is the worst. <laughs> this, yeah, this, this guy, guy in 2022 would be a, oh, a main man. main eventing heel right here. Heel of the century comes out with a sign. You know, freedom, freedom. What is finishing you the mandate? Oh no, that'd be good. It's with it. It's I call my finisher the mandate because it's the worst thing I can think of. He like he calls Kane out. He's like, brother, you dropped the mask. That was the best thing you could ever do for yourself. You know that mask was in the way. You didn't need it. You know I I they they made you wear it, and I'm glad you got rid of it. He, I, he, I he, think he fused with Rey Mysterio, Ultimo Dragon. It's like a, it's like a mask mask. He's know, mask, trying to get their masks time. off of them. Every everybody is trying to get the mask off their face. He's like he just he just sees them backstage. He's like offended by. It. He's like, why do you wear? We're not. You're not even near anybody. Why are you wearing that? It doesn't even make you sense. You don't need it, dude. You don't need you it. You don't need it. I'll give you a boost. <laughs> oh, it is like the thing you put backstage. Yeah. I missed my calling, man. I could totally make noises as I punched a guy. I could do that. <laughs> I missed my calling. That's I mean, what maybe. it should have been. Maybe I miss you could have chance. a Matt Hardy. You could have a Matt Hardy like career, man. Just yeah. doesn't matter if you're like physically inclined. Who, who to was do it? it? Who did the Zuz? Who's the Was that Mick Foley? I might be Mick Foley, right? What what, what what Shawn Michaels do? I'm trying to remember. He's got he had a similar thing, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, this is the well, man, man kind of was like yeah, 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 yeah. That might be that might be what I'm invoking right now. 
Uh, now, interestingly, Will, you're talking about people who got injured last week with Charlie Haas. It turns out that Sheldon Benjamin had an, a knee injury and had to get surgery, uh, and which is legit. He was actually injured in the match last week. I didn't, I didn't really see it as far as I know. And uh, oh, sadly, so was, that is so, actually yeah. – Is this the last time you see him on the podcast? He's done for the podcast because he doesn't come back until March 2004, and by at that point, we're done our run, guys. That'll be the end of the podcast before oh, then. So, no. Okay, Shelton so that's Benjamin. why Shelton didn't come in the ring, to just, so I'm sitting here saying, oh, Shelton should have done all this stuff. Well, he can't. Yeah. Um, Shelton's got <laughs> Shelton's got his right leg from the knee down, holding up with his arm, being like, a little help here. <laughs> I'm standing here in pieces. You're having delusions of grandeur. There you go. Yes, exactly. So he's going full C-3PO. Uh, Los Guerreros tonight continuing the great run of having matching tights here. They're wearing kind of grayish silver with gold tights, which looks great. I think it's what they wore at Survivor Series, but it might be wrong. It's it, possible. Wait, maybe Survivor Series they might have worn green, but I've seen them wear this before. It looks great. Every time they come out, Michael Cole has to go, look at the low rider. <laughs> like, yeah. As if we wouldn't a, notice. It's a low rider. It's a different, slightly one in every, it's cool, I guess. Like, you could, because cool. you could every week you could be like, oh, what is that, and be like, oh, it, lo- it looks like uh, it might be. I'm doing the Taz, not just some generic like uh, guy. Uh, you know, it could, like oh, it kind of looks like a, you know, like a like an old Chevy or something. You can do that whole thing instead of just being like, hark, an automobile. <laughs> like he's never seen one before. Uh, so let's go start off with Matt Hardy. They tag back and forth and double team him. Shannon Moore drags Chavo out of the ring, and Matt gets a dropkick through the ropes to get an edge on him. So, they, yeah, so you, there's a little bit of heel cheating to actually have an opportunity to get going in this match. And so Chavo gets stuck in the opposing corner. He gets beat on by Shannon and Matt. So Chavo gets a kind of a DDT bulldog, and he tags in Eddie Guerrero. And Eddie Guerrero runs wild. He gets this great arm drag, head scissors combo where he runs with the ropes. It's all very good. Yeah, that's I was a, a fan great of that one. move. And Eddie shoves Shannon into the path of Chavo's crossbody, and Eddie covers him for two. Which I like. I like the idea of a guy being like, no, you're going to get forced into this move. My buddy's doing to you. <laughs> my buddy. My, well, sorry, my nephew slash cousin slash brother. Uh, Matt goes for a twist of fate on Eddie, but it's countered, obviously. It's, it's the nature of a twist of fate. You turn around, you get shoved. Come on, and, dude. Uh, Matt gets pushed to the ropes. Uh, and Shannon goes for a blockbuster neckbreaker. Uh, but he just misses, which I love. Because it, it's one of those great moves where you try to do it, and you're doing a front flip thing. But if you miss, you just totally eat dirt. You just eat it. And it's great. I called it a somersault nothing is what it looks yeah. like. <laughs> well, he's you know what? Well, I've seen more velocity, so I've seen him actually do the blockbuster and succeed. I've seen more velocity. You have to know yeah. velocity to know he's actually doing a move there. Uh, uh, yeah, well, I've yeah. actually seen more velocity. So, uh, so when you stop talking about stuff you don't know anything about, all right? Have you even seen Shannon more of the G1, Will? You ever see yeah. him there? Yeah, Shannon Moore, Wrestle Kingdom. You haven't seen him? No. Yeah, you okay. Seen him? No. Okay. Well, Shannon Moore was in Bullet so. Club. Didn't think mm-hmm. so. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thank you. Good night. And right. Good luck. Good night. And good luck. Remember Shannon Moore was a young lion. You don't remember that. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. There's a uh, there's a sign in the crowd that says Happy Birthday Matt Hardy. Not sure if that's correct or not. If so, he'd be a Libra. Hello, Phil Libra. Matt Hardy. <laughs> and uh, there's also a guy in like the third row dressed like a Matt Hardy, like dressed exactly like Matt Hardy. He's got the yes. T-shirt. He's got the arm things. I was like, Matt would do that probably. I noticed that. I think he's because he's got the uh, the kind of the sleevey things they have, kind of like the Hardy things. Those are a little bit uh, more of a Jeff thing. Yes. Yeah. 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 So maybe he's like an amalgam. He's Jat Hardy. That's right. Uh, I think. I think. I think at one point. Oh, I wish I could remember this now. Uh, On No Mercy, sixty four, which is the greatest wrestling video game of all time. I believe that I made a third Hardy brother, (laughs) which is really when you think about it, it's funny. Hardy Hardy. No, I gave him I gave him a name that would totally fit. There's like Matt, Jeff, and like might Rhett. be Rick. 
Rick. It might have been Rick. I'm not totally sure. Get him, Rick. The heart <laughs> I just ran into the heart. I mean, Matt and Jeff, you're just going to pick a name for Reggie. It could be Matt, Jeff, yeah, Alex, Phil, Will. I don't know. There's all sorts of different things. Mike. <laughs> yeah, why didn't you make us in No Mercy? I could have had a Brock Lesnar type uh, physique. That'd be good. Be well, remember, the great thing about those games is that you can make your guys really big, but also make them, like, fly across the ring, which is always satisfying. None of these, like, real physics stuff. You can make a guy 600 pounds and have him go corner to corner on shooting star presses. And it was the it was the greatest. Matt Hardy's birthday was, in fact, September 23rd, so it was his... It was on that day. They should have confiscated yeah, that sign so that uh, people watching the show on September 25th wouldn't be incorrect. He like, turned 29. He was only 29. Oh, I have man. my math right, he was. Him and Mike Sparks, a big show while having their uh, 30th <laughs> birthday party. Mike Sparks, 21 years old. <laughs> 21 years young, Mike Sparks. So Drinking fun. his first uh, Mike's Hard Lemonade at 21. So Shannon Moore goes for the blockbuster deck breaker or a somersault nothing. He me- he, eats, he eats it, man. Totally eats it. Uh, eats Trouble it. Guerrero, uh, he drops Shannon Moore with a back suplex, setting up Eddie to fly in and smash Shannon Moore with a frog splash to get the one, two, and the three. Los Guerreros retain their titles. And this match was fine. I liked the story well enough. I like the uh, whenever you have to the heels actually cheat to start getting an edge on somebody. It was pretty great. Yeah, it was good. It was it was fun. Uh, a fun Guerrero's match. Uh, uh, you know, suitably wrestled by all. Yeah, Eddie has successfully defended one of two titles, but then Matt Hardy comes in and he hits a side effect onto Eddie and onto the tag team title belt. Uh, now, Chavo before, was outside the ring. I don't know why he's there. He was there a bit they, late. So they said he was tending to the. He was admiring or tending to the low rider. They're like Chavo's outside the ring, tending to the low rider, and Matt Hardy ran in and attacked Eddie Guerrero. So they throw the belts on the ground. The belt's standing up when they first drop it. Oh gosh! And then Eddie like kind of like heel kicks it down. He's just like, no, I'm not gonna fall on that. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine? That would be. I mean, it would bisect him. That would be just the most oh, painful gosh. thing in the entire world. It's so, yeah, that's so. Belt stuff is interesting, right? Because like belts, even more so than the uh, like chairs and stuff like that. There's just a smaller target that you have to hit, and so you often see it too, where guys like, oh, he did it right on the belt, and you're like, you know, moves to it. You're kind of like, somebody say they don't really hit it right on the belt. Doesn't always There's go a fun great. a fun belt moment coming up later in the show, featuring one of the members of this uh, particular matchup. I like that. So Eddie Eddie is is hurt now. You know, we uh, we take a break, and we come back. This is where uh, Cole, Cole says, us, yeah, SmackDown's flying out, of flying out of control. That's right. We see what happened again with Matt Hardy and Eddie Guerrero. And we also see that during the break, Charlie Haas ran in. He tossed Chavo out of the ring, and he lost in the Haas of paint submission on Eddie before taking off through the crowd. So Charlie trying to get uh, every advantage he can get here ahead of his title match against Eddie Guerrero later on tonight. And you know what? He'll have some more help later on, and we're going to see what that is. Charlie. That's a tease for later. So A-Train comes down to the ring, and he does this whole house show thing where he tosses the ring, steps aside, and throws some chairs into the ring. Yeah. And then he gets in the ring, and he gets on the mic, and I'm like, what's going on with A-Train here? He's on the mic. What's he going to say? Yeah, yeah, Is he yeah. going to spit a rhyme for me or what? Is he going to have a slight Massachusetts accent? Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, so he gets on the mic. He says he can beat Chris Benoit. He can beat anyone in the back. He can beat anyone in the arena. And he yells anyone, for anyone to take him on. I always wonder about that. Like, aren't you ever worried that some guy's just going to leap out of the crowd? Because even if a guy gets, even if a WWE security guy is like, hey, don't do that. I'm like, that guy is telling me he can beat me up. I want to see if that's true. Uh, I'm not saying that's a like, logical well, thing to do. I'm just saying that's something that I always worry about. Well, let's, uh, let's let you go. I recently saw a clip of like uh, some cage match in WCW. It was like uh, Hogan and Macho Man against somebody. This is when they're in the NWO and a fan climbs the cage and gets in the ring. And Mach and Hogan beat him up, 
But Hogan like doesn't. Hogan does like the full on like hallback wrestling punch to the guy. <laughs> He's still like working, and they they beat the crap out of the guy, rightfully so. But also, I don't think A Train Matt Bloom is like particularly worried if someone's going to jump the rail and get him because he probably holds his own. Yeah, I think so. And he goes outside in the ring. A Train does, and he challenges Cole and Taz, and he turns his attention to the Timekeeper, and he drags him into the ring, and he puts a crossface on this poor Timekeeper, just like Chris Benoit would. Poor Mark Eaton, he gets to the car space. Again, for like two seconds. This this show's got some real uh, real momentum, some real pop. Good yeah, pace. Even though he's not he's not in it long, but he is fully out after that because the ring he's just face <laughs> down, dead because for the rest he has of the, the He's like the HP bar of like three, right? Yeah. And this guy has a hit point, like attack point of like 40,000. Yes. And he gets hit, you know, touched and, and dies immediately. It's true. Uh, so Chris Benoit hits. There's a real, there's a very bad joke to be made about people dying in a crossface that I'm not going to do. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. So Benoit's music hits. He runs down to save the timekeeper. He does okay and he even gets a crossface on A Train, but then A Train gets up and dumps him out of the ring. And then when they're on the floor, A Train grabs a chair. He smacks Benoit in the face and takes him out. And so A Train comes out. He challenges people. He beats up the timekeeper. He beats up Chris Benoit and he's fine. A Train is the winner. That's right. He's the greatest wrestler of all time. No question. We go to the trainer's room in the back, and Eddie is getting looked over by the trainer, the famous SmackDown trainer. Yeah, he's standing a... there. He's getting his ribs examined. How about you lie down? <laughs> this is the same... I think this is the there. same guy that Undertaker threatened to make him give him an injection, uh, uh, no mercy, into his hand, if I'm not mistaken. So oh, this guy Undertaker is getting... and Matt Hardy should feud them for sure. I would argue. <laughs> I would argue that this trainer needs. They got to get somebody who's not as much of a pushover with all the wrestlers because they just threaten him, and he's like, <laughs> "Okay, fine." It's like, dude, of all the people, they probably should not be able to be threatened that easily. Maybe the, maybe the trainer should be able to hold his own. Uh, and so uh, he's, the trainer says Eddie shouldn't wrestle tonight. And so Chavo and Eddie give the trainer grief. Eddie says he's going to wrestle Charlie Haas later tonight regardless. I would Okay, so if the trainer says he shouldn't wrestle tonight, does that mean Eddie has to give up the title, or does that just mean he shouldn't wrestle that night? I mean, later on the show, they say, like, despite injury, Eddie Guerrero is going to be in this match. Like, hey, don't. <laughs> don't do it. If you're injured. It's like if you're hurt, you can wrestle. If you're injured, you can't. And he's literally he's injured. You can't actually cannot be cleared to compete. It's like yeah, they've done this before too. It's like Undertaker is not medically cleared or something when he had his broken arm. Yeah, he's like hey, he's allowed to wrestle anyway. Okay. Yeah, he's not cleared, but he's here. And it's like well, we whatever system you have, it is not working. He's here. He's not cleared. Get used to it. <laughs> Vince McMahon is in the SmackDown General Manager office with Sable, and he's to, he's being very straight with her. That is to say, he's talking about how great her body is, and yes, he describes her breasts as voluptuous. He does not compare her to a summer's day. It's, yes. he's, he's a lot more on the nose. <laughs> Sable starts taking off Vince's suit jacket when a yeah. crew guy interrupts. He says Vince was, Vince was looking for him earlier. Of course, Vince is not impressed that he chose this time to talk to him. See, this would have been Kurt Angle's role if he had to really start at the bottom. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and so he wanted to make sure a crew guy knew they were going to roll out the red carpet again before the end of the night because they're, they're going to fet Brock Lesnar properly if we have a chance. He says something wrong. Vince says he wants the gla- he wants the belt. He wants the glass case. He wants it all shine up looking nice. There oh, wasn't a glass, glass case. He says a glass no. case. There's no glass case, man. That's funny. Uh, if there was a glass said- case, it should have been under some velvet and lifted up. And there's a snake inside. Oh, my God. Is that Jake the Snake Roberts music? Here he comes. That'd be great. Uh, yeah. Vince says something also later tonight that uh, he he just he describes a match in a way that I don't think he meant to. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about that later on. Uh, now the crew guy leaves and Vince says, "Where were we?" And he starts up with Sable again. So uh, just <laughs> so everybody who's watching knows, Vince and Sable totally do it uh, on SmackDown while we're not watching. <laughs> they That's say important going, for the audience to know that. 
They're going head to head later on, and that's uh, right. they're having sex, folks. That's just. It's, <laughs> it's I wish Cole would come back and be like, "Well, I guess they're doing it." You can have so sex, Cole. <laughs> Charlie Haas is in the interview area with Josh Matthews. His chin strap is very defined. It is laser cut. It's a laser etched chin strap. <laughs> it's a look. It is a it it's, is a cut gem. Yeah. And he says he's going to take from Eddie because they took he took the tag titles from uh, the World's Greatest Tag Team. And you got to think that Charlie is probably like he's really eager for this to go well, so he can get a proper singles run. Maybe while Shelton's on the bench, like this is an opportunity for him to really shine here if he does well. Shelton Benjamin. Yeah, I think Benjamin. it is. I think it is. Yeah, and it, like even give him the interview, and like the interview is very like, all right, Charlie, go out and say this like this. He's like, got your boss. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do you it took exactly. From me, I'll take from you how you said it yeah it's like I, I always bet on me the odds are always in my favor you put um, one of mine in the hospital i'm gonna put you in the morgue <laughs> what's that from again that's the un- untouchables sorry i did the accent <laughs> but one of theirs in the morgue that'd be great, that'd be great if we just evoked that i'm like he's gonna kill eddie guerrero tonight uh, he's like oh it's for the brian de palma film i'm untouchable <laughs> cole it was sean connery's line in 1987 i believe he got nominated for <laughs> that's supporting actor <laughs> if i'm not mistaken cole Taz, the performance um, of a career. I wish Taz was like a big part of part of uh, film Twitter these days. He would be so he put he posts his letterbox reviews. You know, he's he's all about that stuff. I think the worst woman in the world is one of the best things I've seen this year. <laughs> I didn't get T-Tan, but I respect it. Drive my car. Drive my lowrider. <laughs> Eddie Guerrero up next. Yeah, Taz should be on film Twitter. This is fun for me. I'm I'm enjoying. I could do the film Twitter jokes all night. This is good. Talk about what Marcus Scorsese thinks of Marvel movies. All that sort of thing. Every every two months that comes up again. It turns out an old guy doesn't like really uh, glossy, heartless uh, blockbusters. Shocker. I mean, I watched Pretend It's a City, and Martin Scorsese is like, yeah, do you remember when the Avengers came and uh, saved the city in 2012? <laughs> he's laughing at Fran. Oh, he's lovely. he loves her. He does. We see clips of Tajiri and Eddie Guerrero. Sorry, Tajiri and Rey Mysterio's feud. Sorry, Eddie Guerrero is over the all over the show. He's not that all over the show. <laughs> He's like at Ray, at Ray's uh, at the at ringside for uh, for Ray. He's helping him out. Yeah, exactly. He's helping. He's helping Kurt Angle park cars in the parking lot. There, they're all working there. <laughs> well, that gets uh, into a racial thing too. If you say hey, Eddie Guerrero's parking, I was worried about that, but I didn't mention Kurt it's Angle. Okay. So I want to be clear. It's just it's Eddie and the guy who's working his way up from the top. Parking cars in the back. It's nothing to do with race whatsoever. <laughs> Uh, Tajiri missed Ray in the face after Ray beat him for the title, which Cole, oh. <laughs> Michael Cole, uh, master underseller, calls Tajiri a sore sport. <laughs> Not just that Tajiri was mad when he lost, but Tajiri spat a red mist in Ray's face, or is a green or green mist at the time. Oh, Sorry. spoiler Spoils alert! Were, please, for some mist color. Oh. Uh, and so Tajiri is backstage. He's getting amped for his match next, and he kicks a wooden pallet. Oh yeah, he's, he's tough. And that wooden pallet. Had a family, so I don't really appreciate that. <laughs> Time for Rey Mysterio versus Jiri for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, before we get to that, Cole tells Taz excitedly that the rundown, The Rock's new movie, got two thumbs up from Ebert and Roper. Yeah, the film critics, you know, the rundown, it got two thumbs up. I think he brought, talked about the rundown coming back from another uh, commercial earlier on in the show. He's like, he oh, I can't wait to see the rundown, which, uh, yeah, uh, opened, uh, I think my birthday was a Friday. It was a Friday that year because this is Thursday night, of course. And, um, <laughs> We saw we watched this together in theaters, Matt, didn't we? Like uh, in October, I believe. I think I did. Probably. I definitely. I I'm sure I saw it in theaters. It's I saw fun. It, it is actually yeah. a fun movie. Yeah, I saw the rundown and I saw Walking Tall, and I recall both. I enjoyed both of them. I think I saw Walking Tall on on DVD, if I'm not mistaken. 
I had Probably on DVD. Yeah, because early on in Rock's film career, I was like, oh, I'm going to buy all of Rock's movies. This is going to be great. And then he made like 40,000 movies. You'd be bankrupt now. Isn't that crazy to think about? <laughs> yeah, I'd be bankrupt. You'd be poor. You'd be like, I have to go to the next Rock movie. There's that summer you have to get like Rampage and Skyscraper and Fast and Furious 7. What was the one, uh, the football one where he's got a kid? Uh, the game plan. Oh, no. Yeah. Tooth Fairy. Oh, boy. Tooth Fairy. I can tell you some stories about that. Okay, well, I look forward to hearing about that on the Tooth Fairy podcast. We do. <laughs> we're going to, speaking of film Twitter, we're deep yeah. diving, baby. We're also going to cover the sponsors for SmackDown. Uh, some interesting yep. sponsors here. We, we start with Rob Zombie's Past, Present, and Future, which is a greatest hits album. Yep. We also have Stacker 2's YJ Stinger and WrestleMania 19 for the Nintendo GameCube. Will, this was advertised last week. But I've got to bring it up now because, Will, you owned WrestleMania 19 for the Nintendo GameCube. Do you have any fond memories of that game? No, it, was, it wasn't good. I remember it, it being good. like, well, wait, no. I think I remember it being better than WrestleMania X8 because WrestleMania X8 on GameCube was, was really bad. Like, these games were fine, I think, wrestling-wise, but they were, like, really bare bones compared to, like, the SmackDown games on PlayStation. I think, like, they, I think just... they had a really small roster or something, too. Like, I remember, I remember the roster being unimpressive. They were they were small uh, they were small games like they just uh, I think yeah. they had like slight, slightly more modes but uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't very good here we go let's see revenge mode uh, oh it got nominated for the 2013 Spike Video Game Award best fighting game really I guess they, hmm, interesting <laughs> what a choice I don't think there's a ton of fighting games at the time but. Whatever. It doesn't have anything that. about the roster, and it was succeeded by Day of Reckoning 2014 or 2004, which I believe I had too, which prominently features Trish, Trish Stratus on the cover. And there's there Day go. of Reckoning 2, which prominently features Stacey Keebler on the cover. I'm kind of shocked they didn't try to do J- Day of Reckoning for a pay review title in the last couple of years. Yeah. Day of Reckoning. Day that seems like an obvious reckoning. one for them, honestly. Day of Retconning is uh, when they uh, do a pay per view and they like just change all the storylines on you and you're like yeah they're like that, no, that's different. how it's always like that it was always like that it was always wwe hulk hogan did say he won the wwe title from iron Sheik in uh you know 1984 it's an odd thing to uh, I, I get i get it but it's still strange uh and so ray mysterio against tajiri ray gets a hurricane runner for the second rope early on followed by a victory roll but both only get a count of two tajiri gets a tarantula on ray then he releases the hole before the ref counts to five uh, and then he fiddles with the turnbuckle pad, but just to distract the referee because he's getting ready to hit Ray with some green mist. Yeah. And so Ray, Ray kicks him, thwarting the attempt, and we even stick a trickle of green liquid onto Jerry's chin so we know that it got foiled, which is one of the rare times where I'm like, oh, I don't think we've really seen that where a guy is, like, loading up the green mist and we see him not get it. I don't know. It would be kind of cool. Would it be funny if he, like, kicked crowd. him in the throat? Would it be funny if he kicked him in the throat and then he was, like, choking on it and then he pinned him while he was choking on it? Like, he doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't like, die from it, but he's just like, like It looks like Tajiri choked to death on the green mist. Welcome, you know, it's part of the risk. He knew the risk involved. Man, SmackDown spinning out of control as EMTs are there trying to revive Tajiri. Oh, my God. Tajiri gets sent outside very much alive, and Ray follows with a big springboard crossbody to the floor as we take a commercial break. And when we come back, Ray is in control of the action. But Tajiri kicks Ray hard in the stomach after Ray attempts a springboard. Nothing. Always, good. Always happy to see it. Uh, Tajiri gets a version of an abdominal stretch, which acts as a submission. Then he and Ray go to the mat, and so it also works as a pinning combo. But Ray kicks out, and Tajiri moves into kind of body scissors, so it's a submission again. So we have all one sequence where we're going from submission to pin to submission, and it's all kind of the same, uh, same kind of similar move, which I like. Just a little chain thing. On SmackDown, you can't do a podcast about this era and not be into the kind of the fun little wrestling minutia of it, of course. Yeah. 
Ray gets a, a cartwheel handspring thing, but he turns it into a victory roll, uh, and then he turns it into a wheelbarrow to Bulldog for two. And then Ray gets a top rope moonsault onto a standing to jury for two. This is one of those moves that I didn't really remember Ray doing, but he actually does it a fair bit of this time. He jumps from the second rope up to the top rope and moonsaults, right? That's right. Yeah, it looked really good. It does look good. Uh, then Tajiri turns a wheelbarrow from Rain to a German suplex, which is a good counter and looks good because you're starting off from like this low place and you like pull him all the way back with the wheelbarrow uh, into the German. So it's very fun. I enjoyed that. And then where are we? Uh, yes, Tajiri hits a Michinoku driver on Ray for two, and I love seeing that again. He did that recently, and it's just like, yeah, sweet. Another Michinoku driver is great. Yeah, like, or Hubi driver. Wicked. Pick your poison. I mean, I would say Michinoka driver is for Tajiri, you know? Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I don't know what you're alluding to, but I agree. Uh, Ray ducks with a big kick from Tajiri. Uh, and the kick lands on the referee, who is fully out. So you got a knocked out ref here. And so Ray hits the 619 on Tajiri, but Tajiri kicks Ray to avoid the West Coast pop. We have a new ref come in. He checks on the fallen ref, and they see Tajiri is covering Ray Mysterio, and he counts it, gets to a count of two before Ray kicks out. So Tajiri goes for a powerbomb. Ray gets out of it. He hits Hurricane Rana. And pins the jury, but the ref doesn't see because he's checking on this fallen comrade again. So kind of. Why, why, why is he checking on him? This, why this is he whole doing thing it? was so – he runs out to check on him at first. He doesn't run out to, take, to count a pin. But there's no pin like when he runs out, but come on, dude. Yeah. What a choice. Annoying choice. Uh, and to jury then hits Ray with some red mist because the green mist was foil. He goes to the red mist. Uh, and after a big buzzsaw kick to the head, jury covers Ray, and he gets the one – the two and the three, and he wins what? the match in the cruiserweight championship. Tajiri is a cruiserweight champion. His big gambit worked out. That is, he turned heel after cleanly losing to Ray three weeks ago, uh, and he got another match out of it. He didn't really earn, and now he's cruiserweight champion again. So Tajiri uh, is doing it better than anybody else has ever done it. How, how long did uh, Ray have the title since like mid July or something? Oh gosh, yeah, he beat. Well, he had that big match against Ray there, uh, or against uh, Matt Hardy, as I recall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in San Diego. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and so, yeah, it's been it's been a while. Ray had it for a while. I thought he had it for a bit longer, but he's had it for a while. So he's getting he's, he's had a good run. The jury's got it back. The jury's had a pretty good run recently, where he was tag team champion. He had in the U.S. title feud there, and now he's uh, he's the cruiserweight champion again. So there's some uh, people who are loving the jury backstage, at least it would seem. I knew he won re- like around this time because I saw a graphic for Survivor Series 2003 that spoiled kind of his uh, situation. There it's we my go. Fault. I mean, my fault for spoiling a show uh, 19 years ago. That's right. Yeah, if we can even spoil it. Uh, to spoil next week's show, there's going to be an update on Zach Gowan. Cole, Michael Cole is going to sit down with him. So, uh, I mean, I know you can't wait to get to it, but it's going to happen next week on the show. Isn't Zach on the show for like three more weeks or something? I know he says uh, he's out by October. Yeah, it's, I think. Yeah, exactly. I don't, don't think he sees November, at least. Ooh. I uh, mean, as a, as a WWE superstar, Matt. Yes, he's still. Sorry. Yeah, very much alive. Good guy. A lot of talk about like people like being alive or dead during this show. We've talked about Zach Gowan though on this program being like you know still alive, still around, still active. You know, uh, he does speaking engagements. He does DDP yoga. He's great. Yeah, I I reserve the right because because it's wrestling. I reserve the right to be able to say like, oh, he totally kills him with this with a a kick. I think Uh, it's in the context of yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, Y'all know that. I don't mean that. No one's actually y'all know. Y'all know. Y'all know. Y'all know. Y'all all be Uh, there. People better recognize, and they do, which I appreciate. Uh, and we find out the the Japanese group behind the announce table is from uh, Fuji TV in Japan. Why like did Tajiri? Tajiri should have went over, celebrated. He's a they heel. Open some sake bottles. They could be heels. No. We don't know. He should have been like it's two thousand three. So anybody foreign, we don't like. He should. Oh boy, 
you should have like went over to them. They should have like sh- shaken his head, but like begrudgingly, like they don't like when whenever like the president is the state of the union, you got he's got to shake the hand of somebody in the party. Shake his hand. You're kind of like, uh. well in Japan, you like bow to your waist, right? To show like deep, deep respect. They kind of give right. They like, the yeah, little head bop. They kind of like, yeah, here you go. Give the, the, the just the the least I can give you. You get it right here. That would start a feud too. It's just like you only give me a slight head nod when you bow to your waist. I'm the cruiserweight champion. You want to go? Let's go right now, buddy. Let's go. Let's do it. Oh, be great. That's right. The CEO of Fuji TV is going to match against Tajiri next week. <laughs> hey, crazier things have happened. They probably would have booked that in like, oh, who run uh, crud. It's not Okada. The guy who ran Gitto, Gitto, whatever his name is. Yeah, Gitto, yeah. and and the guy who ran, who used to run. If you watch the Dark Side of the Ring episode about um, Frontier Martial Arts Wrestling, like FMW. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget his name, but he's like a deathmatch guy who like ran the company and would have matches, and people loved that guy. Right. Uh, I'm sure he's a great dude. Uh, uh, well, speaking. Yeah. Yeah. Things that are also kind of crazy here. Uh, this footage from earlier this week where WWE teamed up with, I believe it's called Hip Hop Team Vote. Hip-hop for SmackDown, your vote. Vote for SmackDown, your vote. That's right. I'll be honest with you. I was confused about this right away because this is September 2003. Mm-hmm. Uh, not an election year. Not a mid. Uh, not a in the middle of an election year or anything like that. Uh, we're not a, a Democrat in the White. There's not a Democrat in the White House too. I don't know why Vince McMahon wants people to vote. They got the GOP in there, baby. Yeah, <laughs> he just say, he should like depress the vote because it's fine. He's happy. Yeah, with it. exactly. Yeah, he's like oh, I love what they're doing in Georgia. So Vince speaks at the National Press Club with Russell Simmons. Uh, Maven and Bradshaw are also there. And unmentioned, I believe, is Rev Run from Run DMC is also that there. That is Rev Run, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I recognized him because I was like, ah, I saw him on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. <laughs> That's where I recognize that individual. He's from. a friend of uh, Guy Fury. Yeah. And a man of the cloth. And a um, friend of mine. Vince says, yep. this is bound to be a tremendous success. <laughs> And he's very much not in character as an evil guy. Hip hop and WWE. There goes the neighborhood. Literally something he says, which I love. I love stuff like that. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't get why this was a thing. Why it happened. Um, The vote was smacked down, uh, and yeah, I don't know. This we're you know we're a year away from uh, from W retaining his championship of president (laughs) over over John Kerry. Yeah, he beat he beat beat that flip flopper. (laughs) I'm gonna gonna start. resurrecting old political grievances here. Get the Swift Boat veterans on the podcast next week to question John Kerry's record in Vietnam, what he did. Oh, man. Looking forward Uh, to it. Worth exploring. Yeah. Uh, Cole and Taz tell us SmackDown is the number one rated show on UPN. uh, And it's very excited. UPN was the number one network last week, apparently, as well. Um it's all very exciting. The demo was huge for demo it. Demo was huge. Yep, uh, you got a huge, huge pop in the demo. I'm surprised they didn't tell us who won the. Enter this demo a little further. I was 18 to 34. That's right. I'm surprised they didn't tell us who uh, who won the Wrestling Observer of the awards for the year. And <laughs> they're gonna go, they're gonna do SmackDown Chicago eight more times that year. And they teased uh, a big uh, they teased a big announcement on SmackDown <laughs> next week, and it was a guy who got released from the other company six months ago. They're like, we got him now. Great. He's uh, going to a roster of a, a thousand people. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, great great fun. The AEW of its day, SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, it's all love. It's all love. It's all love. It's all love. We only tease successful things. We don't kick things when it's down. You it's all brotherly love. Yeah. Other things. Uh, Basham Brothers with Shanique are going up against Jamie Noble and someone. Not so we see footage. Yeah, we see footage from last week when Shaniqua outwomaned, Taz words, uh, Tori and Nidia in a two-on-one match. 
Jamie Noble comes out with a mic to say that Billy Gunn is out hurt. Billy Gunn has uh, a shoulder injury. Sounds like sounds like we won't see him again until January, but I believe we will see him again on the podcast. So it's not oh, like Shelton Benjamin. Okay, it's not a, it's not a Shelton Benjamin situation. Oh, do not I was have worried. to bid farewell to the ass man. I was worried. I just learned recently that Austin Gunn, his son, is on a um, MTV show called Relatively Famous or a yes. VH1 show or something. I just saw it on American television recently. Turned it on. And it was him. And I was like, is that Austin Gunn? It absolutely yeah. is because the show's called Relatively Famous, which is a clever double entendre because he's not famous, but he's got a relative that's kind of famous. Yeah. Who who else is on the show? I remember it looked oh, at I, I don't know. I saw it for a second. They were like doing a hoedown at a ranch or something. Yeah. They got Baron Trump out there. I don't know. They've got uh, a pretty big get for them, honestly. I'm going to get so Baron. Much mid-show research. Uh, this hey, go week. for it. You tell, you know, I'll talk about the Bachelor Brothers match. You tell me about some people afterwards who are on uh, Ranch Rules. On I don't know who any of these people are, though. The last names aren't helping you? Uh, okay, the la- here are the last names I got. Heral- Geraldo, uh, Austin Gunn, and yeah. the picture is him like pointing to his gigantic uh, tricep arm. Redmond Parker, Ebby, Harry James Thornton, Miles B. O'Neill, Jasmine Page, Taylor Ann Hasselhoff. Oh, okay. Well, that's that, that. <laughs> who, who knows who she could be related to there? That helps a little bit. Harry James Thornton. Okay. Billy Bob. Jasmine Lawrence, Martin Lawrence, Hannah Geraldo. I don't know who these people are. Uh, yeah, that's Shaquille O'Neal's son. Yeah, that's Billy Gunn's oh, yeah. son. Yeah, that's Easy es daughter. Yeah, that's Hasselhoff's daughter. Ray Parker yeah, Jr. Yeah, Easy es daughter surprised me. I don't think I knew that Easy had a daughter. I was like, wow, it's crazy. Redmond Parker, if he was on the show, do you know who's going to call? Is it yeah. is he actually Ray Parker Jr.'s son? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That rules. That fully rules. <laughs> Sorry for I that. I would love interlude. that. What a, oh, my oh, gosh. Man. I got to call I would someone. love it. I got to call. It was like it was Ray Parker Jr.'s son, and he was there with the son of the guy who did Butterfly. Uh, <laughs> Sons of One Hit Wonders would be one that I would love. Um, the the, the um, uh, Crazy he, Town he, guy, yeah, the the daughter of Martha and or one of the Muffins. All of the Vanga boys got together and they had kids, and it's all their kids. Um, I mean, I mean, you telling me that on like ITV in, in the UK they don't have like the Vanga kids. Vanga By the children. way, the the famous uh, the famous <laughs> crazy town guy who in the video without a shirt and does all the rapping with like yeah. the tattoos. The his name is uh, Shifty Shellshock. That's his rap name, I believe. <laughs> his name is uh, his birth name is Seth Brooks Binzer. Uh, oh, we should go by that. Why didn't he go by that? That makes more sense. His uh, addiction problems and reality shows tab on uh, Wikipedia says celebrity rehab one, celebrity rehab two, sober house one, and sober house two. Oof, boy. It's always, yeah. I mean, there's certain things that. It's not good. <laughs> certain things on Wikipedia pages that are not great signs. Uh, I saw that one where somebody just, uh, they just excised one where it says uh, views. Like, if, you, if your Wikipedia page has views, that's always interesting. Yeah, you um, don't want that. Although, one, somebody was like, I want this one. And they just highlighted someone who said uh, exile and death, which I get that. That's an appealing thing to get to. Wow. Yeah, be good. Uh, so yeah, Basher Brothers. So yes, Billy Gunn is injured. Austin Gunn is on a reality show in 19 years. I assume Austin Gunn is a little baby at this point. Uh, and so Noble, Jamie Noble says he's got money though, and so he's bought Bradshaw services tonight. So out Bradshaw comes. He said people seem to forget I have money. It's like yeah, we do because it hasn't been part of the storyline for like two months. The people booking this show don't remember I got money. <laughs> I say fans remember pants, I'm rich. You got pencils. <laughs> Why am I not throwing my money around like Ted DiBiase, making a kid dribble a basketball over and over again? 
So they store the ring. We get underway. Noble hits a Moscato on a Basham on the floor early on. I was like, Farouk seemed kind of, uh, I mean, obviously he didn't pay for Farouk to come, but he seemed conspicuous by his absence. I thought that was a bit strange. Well, yeah, I think so. It's going to be it's gonna be me and Bradshaw and Farouk's going to watch. <laughs> you got to pay Farouk to watch, though. That's not for free. Uh, Noble gets low bridged outside. He tumbles out of there quite satisfyingly. That's one of those one of those things in wrestling that I always enjoy when a guy gets low bridged and he just tumbles out of the ring dramatically. Uh, I think it just kind of uh, satisfies like the stunt person part of my brain. We're just like I'm supposed to see a guy uh, just fall, fall dramatically. It's very exciting. That's the, you okay. know every time you go to a, re- a live wrestling show and you're close enough, you're just like oh wrestling. It's a lot of fun. And then you like very quickly realize like oh yeah, I'm just gonna watch people hurt themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you'll see that here where Shaniqua boots Jimmy Noble in the face, and it seems like she hits him pretty hard. I Yeah. I, she's not, I think that I remember hearing that Shaniqua had, like, some heat backstage. I have to assume a lot of it is that she's just very stiff with people. Uh, she's, she's just booting people. She's too green. She's amazingly yeah. too green. Yeah. Give her some more she, time. It's rough. Uh, both Bashams – oh, sorry. This is something I noticed. Both Bashams have leather pants on or leathery mm-hmm. pants. And they were uh, getting whipped one... in the bum uh, at the beginning of the match, by the way. They were on all fours getting whipped on the, on the tushy, right in the, right in the badonk. So right one the of cake. them has very loose leather pants. The other one has like a four more form-fitting one. <laughs> like they don't – so, it's not matching. It's like I one, one guy is less confident in his body or something. It's too we, bad, we, really. We've spoken of this uh, – spoken about this before. The Bashams, I know you don't want to uh, tell the difference between them, but there is a difference, and one There's is in shape difference. and one is less in shape. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be very generous with it. Look, if I had the body of either of these guys, I wouldn't be here, Matt. I would be on a, uh, the shoot interview, right? Um, yeah, talking enough. about my WWE career, but um, I believe it's uh, uh, Danny Basham. Yeah, Danny Basham's the out of shape one. Doug Basham's a uh, much more in shape one. Some days you're the guy who wears the tighter leather pants. Sometimes you're the guy who wears the looser ones. You know, you know, it doesn't some, doesn't always work out for you in that way. Sometimes you're the whip. Sometimes you're the butt. Way better put. Thank you, Will. Our uh, our resident poet, which I appreciate. So Jamie Noble gets beat down. He gets a nice neckbreaker though. That allows him to tag in Bradshaw. And so Bradshaw punches and chops and hits a fallaway slam. He dials up a clothesline from hell, but he gets grabbed by Basham outside the ring. And so Nidia comes after Shaniqua, but she gets clotheslined also quite stiffly. Yeah, very stiff. And so back in the ring, about <clears throat> sorry, Bradshaw gets the clothesline from hell, but Shaniqua jumps in the ring to break up the pin. We got ourselves a disqualification, folks. And then Taz says she saved the matchup. Uh, yeah, I would say she just lost it, actually. I think pretty, they, pretty objectively. They, it, the outcome would have been the same either way, right? Like, I hate that. It's like, oh, they just saved the damn match. Like, no, you lost. No. Yeah, it's they lost in a, in a way that's kind of maybe more embarrassing. It's a good point, actually. It's not really – they don't comment on that enough. It's no, like dumb. They don't. And so then we, come, we take a commercial break, and we come back. Michael Cole says the critics are saying that the rundown is the best action comedy okay. since 48 hours. That's how it happens. Okay. Yes. So that comes up as well. Uh. And so Cole and Taz then throw to a video package from last week's Ironman match between Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship, like we mentioned earlier. Uh, it's, it's initially narrated by that weirdly non-heel Vince McMahon. And the rest of the package is a, a cut your classic desaturated clip show that WWE is famous for, especially at the time. And we have all the falls highlighted, and Kurt has to dig himself out of a hole since he was down 5-2. But he doesn't do it, and Brock Lesnar wins. And he wins the title there. And then we have a bit of an odd moment here uh, where the package is quickly followed by Big Show coming out. <laughs> Cole simply says he's not scheduled for tonight, even though he's wearing his ring gear. And we take a commercial break. So yeah, why is he wearing his ring? He's been wearing a suit for weeks. Why is mm-hmm. he dressed to wrestle? He wasn't on Velocity. What's going on? And he's out again. Question. The pace of the show, I'm going to spoil it for people. He's out there for two seconds. He is. <laughs> yeah, spoiler. Very brief time. 
and so we take, yeah, we, we, we're coming back here for Eddie Guerrero versus Charlie Haas for the U.S. Championship. And Big Show is here on commentary. And uh, this is where we get our first mention of No Mercy. Our next pay-per-view is coming up in less than a month in Baltimore. Oh, yeah. And then when Eddie Guerrero comes out, he's only got his U.S. title belt for no reason. Uh, sorry, no tag title belt for some reason. Unclear to me why he's only got one, not the other. Wish I knew. Yeah, that's, I guess, not to confuse people? I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what the confusion is. I mean, there's only one of them there. Listen, you asked so, me to explain something on Vince McMahon's television show. I can't do it. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. I just can't do it. And so, uh, yeah, Eddie's kind of he's being kind of weary because he's got his uh, his ribs are softened up. And so, Big Show walks past Eddie as he makes his way to the ring. I guess he just abandoned his post of commentary for reasons that are super unclear. This is pretty funny. He's like, "All right, I'm out of here. See you later." Yeah, and you're like, "What?" And then he comes back and he attacks Eddie from behind, tossing him rib first into the steel post. Ah. And so it's like, okay, so Big Show's just out here doing like the just like I it would almost make more sense if Big Show just kinda like storming the ring. I don't know why it happens like this, but also I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that somebody wins something off somebody soon, I think. Yeah, there you go. Uh <laughs> so uh, you know, I'm also looking at this and I'm like, you know, if Stephanie McMahon had any power in this show, she would she move this match the next week. It's not just not fair. Not that Stephanie's like around at all, but just a thought that I have when I'm watching this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, she's not around. She only comes out <laughs> When it serves her, actually. Yeah, not, not exactly leadership. We'll see. We'll talk about that. Uh, Charlie Haas comes outside to grab Eddie, toss him in the ring, and the ref rings the bell for the match to begin, even though Eddie is on all fours when he gets into the ring. Yeah, uh, that, not, was, that bugged me, too. Get him yeah. on your, You got to get on your feet and be like, you okay? You okay? You can do this? And he's got to be like, yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I got it. You know, to give him the rock, you're like, ooh, goo, boo. And then ring the bell and go. But no, he's on all fours. Hey, he's ready. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, he's like, well, we just want to do this, so we're doing it. Uh, and so there we go. Uh, Cole declares, this is history. No man has ever defended two titles on one night. I don't know if we went on SmackDown or just period. I guess it's possible. In WWE land, at least. And so Charlie is taking it to Eddie early on, but then Eddie Lowbridge's Charlie Haas, who flies out of the ring. Um, Now, the fun thing about that is that the rope doesn't actually get brought down low. So Charlie's momentum sends him out of the ring, but there's no uh, nothing of like the actual literal, like, oh, there's less rope there, and so he falls out of it. Kind of Mm, funny thing. Yeah. So Charlie's working on Eddie's back. And he, gets, he goes for kind of gut-wrench suplex, but Eddie gets a head scissors, and both men are down. Charlie throws Eddie into the post from the apron, and he hits the mat outside, and he, and he kind of crumples there. Like They really treat this as like a spot that really does Eddie a lot of damage. And so Charlie and the ref, they argue outside the, so they argue in the ring, and Eddie lays down hurt outside the ring. There's no, uh, no count-out happening here either for reasons mm. that are a bit curious. Yeah. Chavo Guerrero runs out. He's going to check on Eddie, as does another referee, but Charlie comes out, and he, and he just attacks Chavo. And so Charlie throws Eddie into the ring and covers him. But Chavo raises a fuss outside and buys Eddie some precious time. Unclear to me whether or not that was intentional, uh, even though it would fit with their characters for it to have been intentional, but it was not clear to me exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ref slides in and he counts two before Eddie can grab his, put his hand on the ropes. And Charlie gets to the hoss of paint on Eddie, and it looks bad for Eddie. But I'm also looking at it, and they're like, oh, man, he's in the middle of the ring. He's no chance here. But it's like, well, couldn't he just slightly roll and relieve all the pressure of that hold? Like, the hold is not very, like, tightly cinched in. Like, the guy who is getting, like, the actual move done on them, he's doing a lot of the bridging work of it. And yeah. it doesn't, there's, the Charlie is not, like, on top of him in the same style as a, like, a Texas Cloverleaf, which I think would make a big difference if he did. And so I think that's one of the kind of the issues with that. Um, and, and But Eddie does get out of it, probably doing exactly what I described. And Charlie gets sent out of the ring again, but this time he grabs the U.S. championship belt. Which seems unnecessary given the situation, because Eddie's already hurt. So I don't know. He's he's doing that to himself. Doesn't need to do that. Probably it's insurance. I guess so. 
Uh, and so the ref takes the belt from Charlie, and he throws it aside, and they argue, which gives Eddie time to grab the belt. And so he sets it up in the corner. I think I'm, I think he's probably supposed to, like, snap it into the corner there because so the belt actually stays there. Um, that would make more like, sense. Yeah. So Charlie Haas charges at him blindly in the corner. Uh, Eddie moves, and he makes sure that Charlie hits his head off the belt. And so Charlie Haas is, you know, they say he's almost, like, knocked out. And so Eddie heads the top rope. And he hits a frog splash, and that gets in the one, two, three. And so uh, Eddie might have cheated here kind of a little bit, but Charlie Haas, he brought the belt into the ring. He brought it onto himself. And I, I declare this cheating morally acceptable. That's something I'm going to declare here on the SmackDown 6 podcast. He was justified in doing it, and it worked out fine. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. It was a creative finish, uh, creative cheat to win finish. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, and then we get a silly motion graphic. Sorry, just to be clear, the wrestling for tonight is over. There's no more wrestling. No more matches, at least. And there's like 15 minutes left. Yeah. Uh, and so we get a, a silly motion graphic featuring both Brock Lesnar and Vince. Uh, and it's for the title presentation, where Vince will hand over the WWE title to Brock Lesnar finally. And so Brock is doing a whole thing. Vince is his silly his graphic where he's got his big lapels out and everything. It's very silly. <laughs> he's got his, and so uh, we take- his Al Wilson wedding suit. Oh, man. Always great to hear about Al Wilson. Great, great, great point. And, is uh, Marie Wilson uh, not on this show? She's not on the show. I don't think she's on this one. She was around recently, though. Shanique would be yeah, drunk. Okay. Probably punched her in the face for real. Uh, we take commercial break. We come back, and Vince is back in the ring with Sable and the WWE Championship. I believe the, the red carpet is back and everything like that. So we're, 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 we're going at it again. This is something that Vince does sometimes, which I think is funny, which is he is the only person on the show who can have a segment. That segment doesn't work out, and then he comes back and does it again He's, later. We actually tries it again. He does it again, which I think people should do more of. But, like, he did it before once where he just came out and was like, okay, I have to announce something again. Let me try this. I think, yeah, Sable, like, I think it was when I... Sable was, like, up in the presidential suite and Stephanie was wearing a, the server outfit, as I, if I recall correctly. That might have been the, the lead-up to Vengeance, I think, probably. Uh, I, mean, I mean, they served her warm champagne. I mean, this, this is beyond the pale. In my opinion, fair. you know, I think it's awful. Justifiable. So Vince demands the crowd stand up and welcome Brock Lesnar, who Vince Brock brings out to the ring. And so Brock comes out when he jumps on the apron. I thought his pyro seemed a bit more. Uh, there seemed to be a bit more oomph to it tonight. Oh, they put they they reinforced the pyro. It's championship yeah. pyro, my friend. That's what I think. Yeah. Uh, this is in the crowd. A sign: Brock Lesnar ate my cheesesteak. We're in Philly, after all. I don't so local. I mean, come on. They only do so one local. thing there. Brock ate my donier. He <laughs> ate my hoagie. Yeah, my hoagie. That. Um, he ate my chopped cheese. <laughs> uh, Vince hands the belt over to Brock, and the crowd chants, "You tapped out at Brock." They, and, and Brock says, "You know what? You can you can chant whatever you want because I'm WWE champion." The belt looks tiny on him for some reason. I, I never. I mean, it's the same belt. It's not. It's not the Hulk Hogan well, they, tiny size belt. But it looks they made tiny it bigger too. They like they've they, had times where they had to make it. They they had to. Uh, um, where, where they had the original belt was quite a bit smaller, and they made it larger, and it still uh, seems small on him. I mean, it just reminds well. me that Brock Lesnar is. Um, Enormous. He's a large gent. He's a, he's not a small person. He's a gigantic individual. It's true. Brock says, in addition to being a gigantic individual, he's unstoppable. Un- and that prompts stop a ball. I remember him saying this. He's like, I'm this, I'm this, and I'm unstop a ball. That's right. I love. Yeah, it's always fun to go back and hear those little like. I wonder, Will, if that comes up in like a uh, a pay per view video package because sometimes that's one no that we're it is that's yeah. where a lot of those phrases and things that get locked in your head stay stuck that's how it happens still my favorite brock lesnar is when he's like talking to undertakers like i'm here you're here let's do this 
I mean, I'm still a fan of uh, Face Facts, Sean. You can't wrestle anymore. Yeah, that's a good one. Pre SummerSlam 2002. From our boy Triple H. Our boy Triple H. The, the real MVP of the SmackDown 6 <laughs> podcast. So We're The Undertaker comes it. out. And, Will, did you catch what Michael Cole calls The Undertaker on this occasion? Uh, what do you call him? I noticed something him the, on his T-shirt. calls him the conscience of the WWE. He is the moral compass. He is the arbiter. He is he's the guy. He's the guy. Uh, he's the Alpha Academy, and he's the Kenny Omega. His, pa- his shirt, <laughs> you know, he's got like a new shirt, and on the back it says Pain Syndicate. Matt, do you know how Syndicate is spelled? I believe, Well, S-Y-N, of course. S-I-N. Oh. Dash. Dickhead. Listen, it's okay. not, Matt, it's not five letters, so I don't know how to spell it, uh, but uh, uh, it's S-I-N-D-I-C-A-T, you know? Yeah, well, you, you loaded all your all your points into uh, Wordle uh, advantageous <laughs> things, which I understand. He's got, you, you're, you're, very, you're very underpowered in every other regard. You fall asleep easily. If somebody pokes you, you get very hurt. But your Wordle strength is, I think, quite strong at this point, which I'm happy to hear. Listen, if it takes six guesses, he still did it, you know? You don't get bonus points. That's right. Yeah, this, it's first place no matter how you count it. Uh, so Taker takes his time and does all his poses and that always annoys me Undertaker somebody could be getting like there could be a knife to their throat in the ring and the Undertaker's still gonna go in and raise his arms in one side of the ring and go raise his arms on the other side of the ring y'all gonna pay Undertaker is he's not aware that there's a hostage situation in the ring the Undertaker we worship the ground he walks on and he's here tonight amazing Uh, sorry I, something I have to mention here, uh, my good buddy Brian, past guest on the SmackDown 6 podcast, uh, he'll often remind me that one time Tony Khan was doing an interview where he, I believe he said that um, Sting was the greatest man he'd ever met. Oh, wow. Uh, and so we always just, like, any time that, like, he invokes Sting's presence is just, like, Sting, who, you know, he healed he healed a couple of lepers backstage <laughs> before he came out. <laughs> Sting, who he looked at me and I felt better inside. And I knew I could do accomplish my dreams. I appreciate that, Sting. Um, yeah. Uh, St- Sting. Yeah. <laughs> Sting, uh, Sting healed Matt Hardy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was just going to kick out of that. Um, and so back to this. Taker, Undertaker, talks about he was promised last week. He, sorry, he promised last week he wouldn't interfere in the WWE Championship match because he respects the title. And I promise. love Taker patting, him, patting himself on the back because he did do something he shouldn't have done. He's like, look, I didn't interfere last week. It's like, do you want a cookie, man? Damn. Yeah, here comes Chris Rock, right? That's what you're supposed to do. Exactly. Let me quote that rest of that uh, stand-up routine uh, verbatim here. Well, here we go. Here we go. Wait, right, johnsonrap.com forward slash Chris Rock uh, uh, bits. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going to do that because I don't I don't say that word. Uh, yes. He says, Undertaker says he respects the title. He does not respect Brock Lesnar. Oh. Uh, and I know this has been a year, but, like, we've seen this before. We've seen Brock versus The Undertaker. We saw them last No Mercy. They had a great Hell in a Cell match. I am not a fan of this as a result. This is something that I cannot get behind. Uh, and so Taker says he's going to be Brock's first challenger. And Brock and Vince, they're greatly surprised by this. And Vince oh. asks how that could be. Yeah. And, and, of course, that just cues the very obvious arrival of one Stephanie Vincenta McMahon. Vincenta. What's your middle name? Sorry, sorry, Kennedya. I guess that would make more sense. Um, and so I'm like, yeah, okay, Stephanie's here. She didn't care about Eddie earlier. She's just here now. No, nope, she didn't care. Yep. So Vince says Stephanie has to change her mind about this match because otherwise, and Vince had this way too ready. He says, look, you got to change your mind about this match or else you're going to wrestle me in a father-daughter match at No Mercy. 
Like, so how's that you, not going to happen now that he's Did you make that, that up? Did you just invent that? How did you do that? <laughs> Why is that a thing for you, dude? What's going on? Um, of course, I'm getting flashbacks to the stepmother versus stepdaughter match between Tori and Don Ray earlier in the year, of course. Oh, man, the five-star classic. Who can forget? Uh, and so Vince says, this is where I think Vince misspoke. Because Vince says it'll be an I quit match at no mercy between him and her. But he doesn't, he doesn't mean that. I think what he means to say is that she has to quit if she loses. I don't think he's going to do like the whole like hit her with a chair and then put a microphone on her face kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I thought it sounded like it's going to be I quit rules uh, as they go off the air to me. That's what it sounded like. That doesn't. I mean, okay. I mean, you it, know what? It might, look, it might be just the 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 poor way they said it out. That's just how I took it. It's like Matt Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar is going to be the thirtieth entrant um, if he beats the Big Show in the first match of the night. Doesn't mean he'll be number thirty. He'll be the thirtieth entrant. Oh, there we go. Okay, we finally found a, oh, a, 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 some peace there. Okay, you know what? We talked I gotta about eat that crow. before. We figured Apparently, it out. this is a no holds bar. I, I quit match is going to be happening. Well, at, they also uh, could just announce it like right before it happens. You know, we will talk about No Mercy Season 3 in depth. Um, I gotta say, uh, that match is, uh, uh, it looks like Dave Meltzer gave that match two and three quarter stars. Oh. Which means it was, like, not bad. Yeah, it's like. It's actually better rated than the, better rated than the last two matches of the night, weirdly. Uh, oh, okay. That's very strange. Okay. Um, two matches of the night, then. Jeez. Yeah, I know. We're we're in for some we're you're, you're in for a treat, folks. Uh, the two star pay per view, No Mercy, two thousand three. It actually has a few like actually really good matches. They're just kind of like spread through throughout a little bit in a weird way. We'll get mm-hmm. to it. We got some we got some weeks to talk about it here. And we so do. yeah, so Vince is actually yes, there is gonna be an I quit match. My apologies, folks. There we go. I don't remember I that super well. Uh, and Vince says Stephanie is a disrespectful little b word. Ah, oh. and he that prompts Taker to grab Vince's hand, which prompts Brock to attack Taker. And so Undertaker gets dropped, but he gets grabbed by Brock by the throat. Sorry, he, sorry, Undertaker gets dropped. But then, from a laying position, Undertaker grabs Brock Lesnar by the throat. And he gets up, and he hits Brock with a choke slam. And will does Brock Lesnar get, like, a little bit of air when he gets choke slammed? He just gets barely off the ground. Am I right about that? What is it? What is it? I mean, the no. man, I mean, listen, they made a, a sequel, a direct con of a Wesley Snipes, uh, Woody, uh, Woody Harrelson film from the 90s. This one's called White Man Can Jump. I mean, Brock's hops are incredible. It's a, He gets so much height. It also shows me, uh, you know, he obviously loves The Undertaker, too. So he's like, listen, this guy's chokeslamming me. I'm getting up there. Oh, yeah. Hugely high. He just get, get an enormous amount of height. Almost like he lists, like, like Brock seems to become helium because he throws him in the air. He almost <laughs> seems to, to catch him and bring him back down and actually drop him there. Hold me down, but I will not fall. I am helium. <laughs> wow. What a, what, a re- <laughs> what a reference. Good job. Well, uh, so yes, ton of ton of air on the choke slam. Taker grabs the belt. He tosses it onto Brink. To Brink, eh, onto Brock. <laughs> Brink, Brink Longsner. <laughs> Brink Longsner. He throws the belt onto Brock Lesnar, and we look out in, in the ring. In like one corner on the outside, Vince and Sable are glowering. On the other <laughs> side, Stephanie's applauding. And with that, we go off the air. Big main uh, events interview here to end the show. Will, I would love to get your final thoughts on this episode of SmackDown. I'd like to get your rating. We use the SmackDown video games of this era to determine what we thought of the show, or at least to, uh, to describe what we thought of the show. Uh, a bad show would get Here Comes the Pain, an ass show would get Shut Your Mouth, and a great show, you'd say just bring it. Will, what's your rating and why? Well, uh, uh, you know, Eddie in two matches, you got to love it. Um, gotta love it. Rey Mysterio, Tajiri, good uh, cruiserweight match. You gotta love it. Uh, 
Gotta love it. Uh, everything else in the show, you don't gotta love it because Kurt Angle nah. doesn't wrestle, and John Ra- John Cena only raps for two lines and doesn't have a match, and uh, you know Chris Benoit doesn't have a match. Um, Undertaker right. doesn't have a match. Brock Lesnar doesn't have a match. Uh, even Adrian doesn't have a match. Uh, and then, you know, the other tag team match is like, oh, the Basham's great. So, yeah, it's a firm shut your mouth for me. Um, I just think that uh, it's a, a an uneven show. I mean, it goes at a good clip. I think it's entertaining enough, but I would never say to somebody, hey, it's September 25th, 2003. You got to check this thing out. Yeah, I mean, well, couldn't put it much better than that. I mean, things are moving toward no mercy. It's, that's That is something... I will often give shows credit for where I'm like, regardless of how the matches and things go, we're propelling somewhere, we're telling the stories, we're getting somewhere. And that's definitely happening here, uh, whether they're openly admitting it to it or not. They're like, oh, yes, uh, uh, Big Show is uh, going to be uh, – he, he interferes with uh, Eddie Guerrero for some reason. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. okay. It's like, I know that's moving to no mercy because I live in the future. setting up a match. Yeah. You- <laughs> yeah. I have the advantage of that. Yeah, uh, it's like that uh, Brock, uh, that, that Bruce Springsteen uh, single from like 2008, "Living in the Future." Uh, not exactly one of his better known ones, but but that's also something I think of when I hear that. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, this is like I don't know. It's pretty obviously a shut your mouth. I guess in, in theory, you could have two amazing Eddie, Eddie Guerrero matches that are happening, uh, but they don't really happen in a way yeah. that makes it feel like like it's they're, they're not they're not incredible, right? Yeah, they're they're, so. they're good. They're very good, but uh, it's it's definitely not the best example of him what he can do. That and it's cool. hard. It's hard to kind of diminish a guy too when you give him two matches. You don't get two great matches. You get like, well, you're gonna get two pretty good matches, but he can't go all out both times. You know, all yeah. out. He can't go full gear. Uh, you know, he can't uh, spark revolution. He can't be right. all in, Matt. You know, or all out, or all out. I said all yeah. out. I think all out was like the first one. Sorry, obviously. Yeah, he'll fight for the fall though for sure. Yeah, he's just going to go on a rampage. I mean, it is funny to think about how um, Eddie Guerrero being in two matches kind of means that, like, Chris Benoit can't be in one. That's, like, the only thing about this that's, like, it's cool to see Eddie get the show of support, but it's also, like, right, there's consequences to this. It's like any time they book an rev- uh, Elimination Chamber match on a pay-per-view. Like, how come the undercard's always so weak? It's like, well, because six guys who matter are on one everybody's match. everybody's wrapped up in one match. And then, like, why? Yeah, but, like, why is Big Show dressed to compete? Why is Chris Benoit dressed to compete? Like, A-Train dressed to compete makes sense because he comes out and he wants to challenge somebody. They never like, care about that. That is, They just want you to know that, like, every guy every backstage, guy in the, in the, regardless guy of what the, the board says, yeah, is, is they're in their, their underwear. On. They're sweaty. They they're ready to those, go. Uh, you know, they're doing bicep curls on those yeah. elastic, those big elastic bands, right? They're doing push-ups to get the muscles nice and nice and taut, oiling themselves up real nice, shaving their own backs, you know. They're Shave ready to go. Backs. So I guess, yes, you're right. In the world of wrestling, you just imagine, like, everybody's in gorilla position, and then as soon as a guy comes out, like, wait, I hate that guy. i got to run out there. Hit my music. Right. And then run out there to, you know, go beat somebody up. Yeah. Uh, almost, almost sad to think about like these guys who just be back to be like, I'm ready to go. And like, yeah, we got nothing for you. Yeah, Crazy's got nothing for you. Yeah, sorry, full blooded Italians. Where have they been? Oh man, well Nunzio, Nunzio on on Velocity. He ate William Kidman's uh, shooting star press. So oh, okay, sorry, I apologize. That's right. So next week's show is going to be the October second, two thousand three episode of SmackDown. We are on our way to No Mercy, two thousand and three. Mixed bag there. Should be a good show next week. Look forward to having you guys there. <laughs> Will, always great to be able to steal you from the clutches of Paramount for a conversation what? about a wrestling show. Good to sorry, have you there. What, what, sorry, one second. What's that? Steven? No. Uh, put in a voicemail. Yeah, no, Matt, thank you very much. I was happy to – yeah, he knows. 
Um, I was happy to be part of the show again this week, um, even though we're talking about something on, I won't say the name of Peacock, uh, the WWE Network, <laughs> uh, but actually Paramount Plus uh, coming soon, 1883, the prequel, Matt, to Yellowstone. Uh, I don't yep. know if you've seen that particular program, but uh, it's a, yeah, I'm telling right now. It's excellent. Uh, I was happy to be here. Uh, Matt, maybe the show was a shut your mouth. We opened our mouth and closed it and moved our tongues and teeth and lips. Uh, and uh, talked about the show. It's going to be entertaining for us no matter what. We'll talk about anything you want, Matt. What did we talk about this week? I think there's like, if you wanted to hashtag Matt in our social media post, the manager of the social media account for SmackDown 6, he, this yep. person's not here, obviously. It's, it's a different person. But uh, just let, let them know the hashtags, everything we discussed this week, and we will optimize, baby. All those clicks. I can't wait. Matt, I'm looking forward already to being back on the show. Great. Looking forward to having you, folks. You can follow us on uh, Instagram and on uh, Twitter. You can look for SmackDown 6 out on there. You can share the show with somebody you think would like it. You can review us on Apple Podcasts. Put us higher up on the rating there. Love to have that there. And uh, thank you so much for joining us, Smack Addicts. Especially on a week where SmackDown was flying out of control. Out of control.